You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 41, The Unanswered Question, featuring Megan Abraham. This episode of Find the Good News is sponsored by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. Check out our work at parkerbrandup.com. It's Unwind Wednesday again, and you know that means I've got a new episode of Find the Good News. I've got something fresh for you today, and I think you're going to really like it. You know, I could make this show if you didn't like it, subscribe to it, or share it, but I don't know how fun that would be. Your engagement gets Find the Good News in front of more people than I ever could alone, so thank you very much for your efforts. In many ways, we can become what we listen to. By helping others find the good news, you're making sure they've got a healthy option in their news feed. Please remember, this is your show, so if you want to participate without coming into the studio, then you can always call the listener hotline. Leave me a message, a question, an idea, a concern, a topic of discussion, whatever you like. That number is 802-459-1668. Again, that number is 802-459-1668. That's your number to join this Chautauqua. Next week, I've got the man behind the mugs, Rex Alexander, posting. We have a wonderful talk that we're going to share. I know a lot of you know Rex, but I'm hoping maybe you'll learn some things you didn't know already. He's a great guy with some great work, so stay tuned for that. The week after that, I'm posting the first road trip episode featuring Chris Bro, the owner of Monumental Life. Chris gave me an opportunity to visit with him out at Orange Grove Cemetery, and I got to help him work some magic on two historic grave markers. You'll be blown away at what Chris has been up to, so stay tuned for that. That's it for this week. It's time to settle in, turn off the comment sections, adjust the squelch, raise the gain, tune the dials so you can shut out the junk, the funk, the fake, the nasty, and press play on a little good news. If there's one recurring theme on this show, it is that people feel a little worn down from taking a business-as-usual approach to life. Many are looking for a fresh approach to the way they work, play, interact, eat, and move. What's even more prevalent is that many people are using their disenchantment with the status quo as an opportunity to start over, to rebuild from the ground up, and then they're sharing their journey with others in the hopes that they can make a change too. I recently had the pleasure to visit with one of those special people when Megan Abraham, the creator of Fresh Fuel, came to visit me on Find the Good News. Megan hit the status quo, got fed up with it, then changed her life, and she continues to change it daily by focusing on critical elements. She wanted to eat better. She wanted to be more active. She wanted the changes she made to areas to be practical for the average person trying to make their way in a 24-hour world. If you follow Megan on social media, then you'll find very quickly that she values honesty and transparency. Is she living her hashtag best life? You bet she is. And as it turns out, her best life is her real life. She shares the good days and bad ones because let's face it, that's what real life is made of. In sharing this way, she is encouraging others to take that first fresh step towards a brand new life. With Fresh Fuel, she wants to help you start cooking and eating fresher food at home. And by taking the planning off of your plate, she believes you'll put healthier food on the table for you and your family. Beyond that, I believe Megan follows the just 
must do something philosophy. If you want to make a change, try taking a different path, but don't stand still. I gathered that she believes there is a new you on standby, waiting for you to do the next simple thing that's going to put a whole series of fresh new actions into motion, making each day a celebration of life. She's here to help you so you don't have to get kickstarted alone. Change can be hard, and Megan is here to help make it easier. If you're parked in idle and not sure where to start, Megan Abraham has good news. Wake up this morning, you're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep. On the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. not the first time I've met you, but it's really the first time that you and I have sat down at a table and talked. And stared at each other. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, I think the first time I met you was through Truth, Facts, and Lies with Carrie, right? Correct. Yeah. And so are you still involved with that with Carrie? I'm on the board. On the board. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not going into the schools because I started my own business and yeah. things kind of took off with that. So I was going into some high schools um, and teaching some lessons on that, but now I'm just on the board and yeah you know doing back-end stuff yeah well it was kind of funny because I, I met you there and i guess you know small world how, how it works out i don't know if you and ross were married yet yeah I think were we you were. Okay. i think so yeah we were married yeah i was Maybe like well I was... that's a small world i didn't i had no clue you yeah know? so you and ross knew each other from big easy, big easy. yeah well ross had let's see was he living in Baton Rouge and maybe moved back here? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. after he graduated or something. Yeah, he lived actually. He lived in Baton Rouge for about twelve years. Oh, okay, okay. And then he came back. Well, he was doing some work with, which is interesting because I, I draw a line to it, which was protocarb. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so that was kind of where I first encountered Ross. Mm -hmm. He was kind of spearheading that project, mm -hmm. which is interesting because it was healthy meals, you know, and, and yep. healthy living. He was really passionate about it. He still is. He's my yeah. brain sometimes with all of my stuff. So. So when I saw y'all doing that, I was like, oh, well, that's a, that's a, just a good fit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of neat. That was. Yeah. I like Ross. Ross has a, a different kind of positivity. You know, y'all are a lot alike. Really? Like, I feel like you both are really descriptive, really passionate about stuff. You think so deeply into things. So that's helping Maybe Some, comfortable right now. <laughs> sometimes that isn't uh, well received in the world, though. Yeah. I mean, really. 
Yeah, I think sometimes people like to just brush over things and like surface talk. Yeah. And that's not Ross at all. No. He he um likes to get deep and likes to know people and now he likes to talk about sports, but he's you know, he doesn't want to just sit around and gossip. He doesn't he likes deep, good, just real good conversation. So Yeah. I don't I feel like I'd probably if I'm being honest, probably didn't get to know Ross properly because it was always filtered through the funnel of uh, work. Yeah. You know, and that sometimes is a terrible way to right. get to know people. <laughs> I, I, that's happened to me. Does that ever happen to you where your only interaction with somebody is on a professional like sort of avenue and then when you see them out in public or something you're like oh that person's absolutely fine they're totally nice but your interactions professionally just aren't jiving it's like man this is lost sparks yeah and maybe it's because i feel like so many people these days are unhappy in their profession or mm. you know they're i guess just unhappy in their profession so when you're speaking with them and they're you know, mad about whatever happened that day. Like that's all you get from them. So, you know, like in my profession right now, it's, I hear stories of people with depression and stories of people that have had all these health problems. And then whenever I see them, I'm like, wait, they're not a negative person. Like they're just complaining to me because they feel like they could complain to me, but yeah, I'll see them out and they're happy and positive. And I'm like, Oh, she's fun. Right. You know, I thought she was this really negative person and, but she's really fun, so. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I, I've got just a handful of times where I get to have a personal relationship and a professional relationship with somebody. And uh, if I, there's one person in particular that I've had one with for a long time. And I find that we don't always get to see or each other or communicate personally. Mm-hmm. And when we do, it's like it kind of washes away all that the the negative stuff that comes with the professional stuff and i find i mean i have to really watch myself because i'll start to even feel negative Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like oh i can't believe they did this or man i'm sick of this i'm wishing do this better and man if they just only you know the whole list of Mm nanas and that'll go on and it starts to build up almost like a charge and then you get a phone call and you get to have like a 10 minute personal chat that has nothing to do with that and you're like oh it just totally humanizes that person again and then all that just goes away and you go man and then i feel guilty for allowing myself to get charged you know Mm -hmm. i'm being real honest i mean that's like you know it's probably not something a lot of people want to admit that they get charged but i think we do it can get painted with one brush i think negativity is really contagious Hmm. so when you're talking with somebody and they're being really negative it's really hard to just stop that it's really hard to just be like okay let's not talk about this anymore right you know especially if you don't know somebody or even if it's a good friend um i've more recently been able to do that a little bit better but it's hard i mean if somebody's saying a bunch of negative stuff that you feel the same way yeah you, you want to kind of say jump the in. same thing oh, right yeah right, right. so yeah it's it's contagious social media fuels that too it's a great opportunity to do that to mm-hmm. like just go oh yeah i hate this kind of driver too and then just starting to tell your store version of whatever that their story was and you just all that's what i see online a lot i've kind of gotten to where i've tuned all of that out i don't want to pretend like it doesn't exist but i'm like look i just don't want this in my day i mean you know what i'm saying this i have control over i can really 
you know, create the hallway I want for things to enter. And that's and say, I only want this to enter. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in those things, especially like there's some page I went to uh, trying to find out about a restaurant and I went in there and went, well, I'll never find out about a good restaurant here because all this is is a place for people to, to complain. complain. And it mm. was pretty mean, like mean. It it's got bad. meaner and meaner. And I was like, Ugh, who, why are you, why would you come in here? <laughs> why, what do you, this is not, you know, fair and balanced to any regard at all. It's yeah. like being positive is hard or something it's like it's hard for the world these days to just be positive yeah and to like i call it speaking life into people and speak life into mm. things instead of speaking death or not yeah you know negative no i like that i haven't heard that before speaking life into people yeah I, yeah i try to just speak life into everything and not in a way where if somebody complains to me i'm like okay no we don't talk like that. You right. Know, it, you don't want to stifle it and go, okay, what you, what you just said is totally invalid. Exactly. It may not be. Right. But you don't have to feed the monster, so to speak. Yeah. Right? Just speak life. Speak life. I agree with that. I think my husband made that up. Probably a lot of stuff that I'm going to say is from him. So well, that, thanks, wow. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so see, speaking of speaking life, mm-hmm. let's just jump right into fresh fuel. Oh, yeah. So that's all about life, right? That's all about life. Yeah. So tell me what is fresh fuel and let's just go all over the place. Okay. I don't really have an elevator speech. That's okay. So I'm just going to Tell me how it, it started. Like what? where to begin? Okay. Hmm. And what so, is it? Let's. What is fresh fuel? Oh, fresh fuel, fuel yeah, is. is I, I don't know. It's a lot of things. Can I tell you what I what I see? Because no, no, no. I mean, okay, I haven't like done deep research. I just want to know from you. Because I don't even know for sure what it is. Okay. So, yeah. What do so you? So what get? my impression was, and this has just evolved over time, uh, over following you, which I would advise people to do because that's the best way to get to get life off of you, right? Mm-hmm. Is to, they can follow you and they can see what you're doing. So what I saw was you're initially, I go, she's encouraging people to eat organic, but also fresh, like trying to incorporate into their day-to-day diet, less processed foods, and then showing people that you can take fresh food that you can buy and acquire locally, right? You don't Mm -hmm. have to order these things. You're you're making it towards, it's doable and realistic for them to do in their day-to-day lives and delicious so they don't have to yes they're making a huge change that's going to affect them over time this isn't a quick you're not in, uh, encouraging people to do some quick fix diet this isn't all about just losing weight this mm-hmm. is about a, a major life change for you as a person but then also your family mm-hmm. now that's what i get from it but then i don't know what the business model is i don't know how people i don't fully i haven't went as far as to go okay how do i integrate this into my life yet so that's kind of what you're here to do yeah change my mind so to speak (laughs) you know like because i honestly kind of when i follow you it does change my mind about things i mean i've changed just from following you just some of my shopping habits Hmm. you know now that granted that's not the full scope of what you're doing but that rub off is happening i feel like changing your eating habits is you know step one of getting healthier because there's so much more than just your food that you eat. That's Health is so much more than just your food intake. Health is mental health, mm, physical true. health, you know. Yeah. Um, but Fresh Fuel is, it kind of started, um, I was working, so I had my master's in forensic psychology. 
Um, so I was working, doing some of that work, and I kind of started getting sick. Mm. I, I also had like really bad habits. I mean, I smoked really? cigarettes and um, took some medicine that wasn't totally necessary. Um, and so I, I had some really bad habits, and then I, when I got married or whenever I met Ross, I was kind of just like, okay, I'm ready to start clean. Like I'm ready to start over. Um, so I, so wait, can I stop you right there? And then we just jump right in. Yeah. I've not heard anybody say what you just said before, and maybe it's common, but you just said like, so I got married and I saw it as an opportunity to start over. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. What? Like, I think some people see it as like, oh, it's the next level. But what you just said was like, I'm going to reboot. Yeah. I'm using my marriage as an actual reboot. Yeah. I'm starting over with, you know, a new name. I'm starting over as just half, not really a whole of something. Like, uh. it's not just me now. It's me and him. So we get to start our life together. And so that's kind of when things change with me. And I thought, um, I started getting sick and then... I lost my my place, so I don't know where I was, but yeah. I was getting sick, and he kept telling me that he was like, there's something wrong with you. Like, there's you're sad. You're not this, like, happy, fun girl that I met. Like, And he was very nice about it. He was very concerned. He was like, there's something wrong. Um, so he kept pushing me and pushing me, which pushed me away. Really? Yeah, it made me mad because... Uh, he was saying, hey, you need to do this yeah like i really think that you need to like i really think that there's something wrong like i gained almost 50 pounds in like six months yeah which i didn't just sit around eating cupcakes all day you know i didn't have like the most active lifestyle so you're talking but about, like some stress and stress. chemicals like causing that in your yes body, yeah so that kind of happened and and he kept pushing me and in the best way possible but i didn't see it, it that way um then so I finally went to the doctor, had a couple of misdiagnoses, um, chances, I mean, opportunities, whatever. And so then I finally got diagnosed with thyroid disease and Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. So then I was like, that's it. I mean, I remember January 1st of, I, I don't remember if it was 2016 or 2017, but I remember it was January 1st. Cause I was like, this is the day that everything's gonna change. So I started putting on social media what I was doing to change my life um, to be a, to hold myself accountable. Like yeah. if I'm putting it out there, then I have to do it. If I'm putting out that I'm about to have, if that I'm about to work out, then I have to work out because everybody's seeing this. Uh, I did it for that, but I also kind of did it because I was proud of myself for working out. Um, and I wanted other people to be proud of me because that was really hard for me. So it was a motivator. Yeah. It was a motivator, but it was kind of like selfish motivator, hmm. um, which has definitely changed over the years. But that's kind of how Fresh Fuel started. I kind of just sharing. I started sharing recipes. I started um, sharing that I was working out, and people were asking me what I was doing, and yeah. I was like. I'm just working out and eating healthy. And they're like, but what exactly are you doing? And so I realized there are so many people that are out there struggling, but they don't think that anybody else is struggling. They think that everybody has their life together and they, do, they don't feel like, like even the excuse of, um, I don't have enough time. They think that that's silly. 
it's not necessarily a silly excuse. I mean, that's like a legitimate excuse. You just have to reprioritize. But they, they had all these excuses and they don't feel like anybody else has these excuses. So I started just opening up these groups and now um, you can sign, there's a lot more to it, but it would take forever. Um, now you can sign up for meal plans and grocery lists and accountability. Um, there's a little bit of education in there about what being healthy means. Yeah. So that's what Freshfield is now. That was a long way to explain it. Man, that wasn't that <laughs> long ago. I mean, 2017, 16, that's just yesterday. Yeah, that wasn't long ago at all. So that's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> I love stories like this where I, I, one of the questions that I ask a lot of people that come on here is why do something instead of not doing it? Yeah. Because, I mean, you could just as easily not do fresh fuel. You could not put that energy into that. You could just do this for yourself alone. So why take the extra step to share it? Now, I mean, you just said that sharing it kind of encouraged you because other people were seeing your efforts, right? But then you, you went ahead and went to that next level to share. So why do that instead of just go, hey, I'm just going to take care of Megan and, and Megan's people? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're you're just kind of doing like a disservice to people if you're not sharing what's happening in your life. Um, whether you get paid for it or whether you don't get paid for it, it's, I just, I shared my story about being di diagnosed with thyroid disease and hundreds of people said, oh my gosh, I have these symptoms, what do I do? Oh my gosh, my doctor said I'm fine, but I'm really not, I know I'm not, I'm losing all my hair and oh my gosh, what doctor did you go to? all these things. And I thought, look at all of these people that have no clue what to do. They have all these people in their life that can help them with different things, but they might be missing this one area, you know, this, this one problem that they're having or this one struggle. And they don't have that exact person in their life to help them with that struggle. I yeah. could be that person yeah. that could get them through, you know, whatever they're going through right now. So I don't know. I think just share because why the heck not? Yeah. Somebody else has gone through it. Yeah. You're never alone in this world, ever, ever. No matter what, you could go through the weirdest, weirdest things. Somebody else has done it. Mm -hmm. And they have the answers, maybe, or they have what they have what to do, what not to do. But nobody's going to know if you don't share your story. Yeah, I think that might even be what kind of disenchanted me a little bit with my own industry. Because, you know, we're in advertising, and for a long time... Um, well, back in, I guess I would say even back in the 80s, it was competitive, but it was like friendly competitive around in, in this area. And I only know that because I can look back and, and see the people who were in it. And while they were competitors, they still uh, enjoyed each other's company. You know, they had mixers and gatherings and, and events and, and awards and contests. And they were all, it was all in good fun. But then you can kind of begin to see a shift really the pace of the world as the world got faster there was less time for that camaraderie less time to be open and sharing and it became just all about being competitive mm -hmm. who's going to get what client um, and then all the fun just got sucked out of it and everybody just stopped talking to each other um, and I guess I can compare that to the world today too I mean we really all do that you and I were talking yesterday and there's that ping in the back of your mind you know you, we were having just a normal conversation but then you took a risk to go, hey, look, I'm just going to be honest about why I need to postpone coming yeah. in here. And then by you taking a risk, it lets me know, well, okay, she's, I can tell her this actually, actually is relative to something that happened to me. Right. And I can now tell you that. 
and feel safe to do it. So it's like taking that little risk to, to go out there. And that's a frightening thing for a lot of people, I think, because yeah. you're scared to, uh, as soon as you open up your wings, you know, to wrap them around somebody that they're just going to take a little dagger and just go jab, 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 you know, mm-hmm. in that soft spot. Yeah, it was, you helped me yesterday, by the way. So thank you for that. Because it's crazy. (laughs) Just like I said, negativity is contagious. Honesty is contagious too. So yesterday, because I was honest, you were honest. You helped me through something that was really tough in that moment. And, you know, we're here and we're alive. What an odd little thing, huh? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and you know what's crazy is probably so much more common. Things, just any kind of pain. Like you said, you, you don't put it out there. Well, you and I were talking about that off pod earlier about... I was telling you about Theo and how his honesty really inspired me to to be more open and honest. And then going on retreats where openness and honesty being revealed, that was the biggest blessing, you know, mm-hmm. and you say, okay, that is this is something that you you almost have to come to these particular retreats to get. But what about the people out in the world? who are probably they may never come to this they may never sign up for something like this but they but how can you put yourself out there so they can just encounter it right Mm -hmm. and then to me that is healing just i don't know creating a safe space for people to just let their wounds kind of open up a little bit and go oh yeah i have that problem too i thought nobody else you know was thinking this or this fear or anxiety or whatever it may be yeah and i think the i posted about I announced kind of that I had bouts of depression. Uh, I don't remember when it was a couple of months ago and it was the most engagement I've ever gotten on a post before. And so much of the responses were, you're so brave and, um, for sharing this. And I like, I can't believe you shared this. Wow. And I just thought, why wouldn't I share this? Because I, I just, I feel like I know that there are so many people out there that are just sitting at home waiting to find something on social media that that they relate to Mm. because they don't relate to these pictures in Disney World or to this perfect marriage or to these, you know, beautiful kids that are healthy. You know, I know so many people that are sitting there scrolling through all of this and, and being so sad that they feel like they're alone. And my biggest message is it's okay. Yeah. Like the fact that I you know, sometimes get sad is okay. So it's not a scary thing. You know, I feel like people think it's just this big, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have depression, but it's, it's, it's okay. Everything's okay. And I'm happy. I know it. If you're like me, then you've got a long wish list of things you need to do around your house. Things you just can't get to. It's not that I don't want to do them, but between my responsibilities at work, producing this show, and squeezing in some valuable mental downtime, I can't seem to get around to fixing the small stuff, and the big stuff is just waiting in line. To be honest, it kind of stresses me out. Maybe you're stressing out too. Well, stress no more because I've got good news. My friend, Ben Von Duke, has started a handyman service, and he takes the mystery out of getting these things done. Ben Von Duke is not just some guy that calls himself handy. He knows what he's doing, and he knows a whole lot. Not only is he an experienced and professional carpenter, but he's kind of a duke of all trades. What I love is that he's created an a la carte price list of services so you don't have to worry about getting in your pockets too deep before you're ready. 
He'll fix your running toilet, install appliances, replace fixtures, install ceiling fans, repair sheetrock and concrete, and a whole lot more than that. Look, I'm not too proud to say this, but sometimes it takes me three times as long to fix something because I've got to get online and search videos just to figure out what tools I need. Then I have to go buy the tools that I don't have and then kind of sort of come home and do the job. I don't have to do that anymore because Ben Von Duke will do it and do it better. On top of all that, he's just a good person, someone you can trust. He's honest, he's kind, and those are things that I value highly, and I bet you do too. You can get a hold of Ben Von Duke, the Duke of all trades, the good old-fashioned way, by using the phone. Call or text Ben at 337-540-1355. That's 337-540-1355. He'll send you his service and price list, and trust me, his prices are more than fair. And do me a favor. When you do message Ben at 337-540-1355, tell him you heard about the Duke of all trades on Find the Good News. I mean, I'm actually surprised when somebody says that they don't have any depression mm-hmm. or ever feel depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've i had depression, severe depression a couple of times in my life. Mm-hmm. I'd say three. I can think of them in, in, always around some kind of event. Oddly enough, the, the, the third time was in relation to what you and I talked about because I, love, I was yeah. put on um, pain medication. Mm. And, you know, you get it and they tell you to take it. And so you do lay on the couch, take, you know, one, <laughs> if the pain kicks in, take another wall. I didn't know any better. And so I slipped into depression over a period of like four or five days. And boy, once it took. And of course, I'm steadily feeding it because mm-hmm. here I am. I'm sedentary. I'm sort of tied to a couch. I'm taking these pain meds and don't even know what's happening. And then just day by day, week by week, I slipped into this state I could not pull myself out of. How long? Um, it went by fast. I mean, I think it was fast, probably six to eight weeks. But I, wow. well, I got to a point where. For me, what really saved me, honestly, was the medicine was making me hallucinate. Mm. And the hallucinations were so real. I mean, my wife and I had taken a trip and I couldn't sleep. I mean, it was like I had bees in my brain. And I was like, this is just not who I am. I mean, I could tell I was not right Mm -hmm. in my thinking. But I went down to the hotel room lobby like at 2 or 3 in the morning and sat on this couch. And I sat down there. I made coffee. I was reading a book. I sat and talked to this man and we chatted about the book and we laughed. And at some point I blinked and I didn't have a book and the guy wasn't there. And I went, okay, Hmm. I'm hallucinating. I'm like, I'm living in this sort of dream world where sometimes I'm slipping into I'm talking to somebody and they're not there and then I'm back to normal. And so it freaked me out. And so I said, I got to stop. I think it's, I think it's the medication because this doesn't make any sense. So I stopped taking that. And then I went to counseling just straight up. I mean, I called a counselor the next day. I said, I'm telling you what's going on. Severe depression, but I'm also having these other symptoms. I'm taking this medication. I'm stopping the medication today and I want to start going to counseling. So I went to counseling six to eight weeks. Um, 
wasn't long, but I went every week, you know, and then I cut back to, you know, two weeks a month, you know, till I got back to what seemed like just plain good old normal life. But then I had a second surgery and I told them, I said, died this, what you gave me, I'm not taking this. Yeah. So something else, anything. And I told them what happened. They were like, okay. And I didn't even take it. I just went ahead and dealt with the pain. I was like, I'm not taking And I've been scared ever since then, to be quite honest with you. I'm, I'm real funny about pain medicine. Well, I bet. Yeah. Because yeah, it really drove me into a bad state. I don't want to get into too far, like, but the thoughts were really... I mean, if you've been severely depressed, I mean, then you would know. It's like just you get to these places where it's very dark and very lonely. All the people that love you, you just shut them out. The more they reach in, the more you want to push them away. Yeah, I do. You know, I I have these days, and I don't even, you know, maybe three weeks at the most, where I'm just like, just surviving. Mm. That's kind of where my depression and sadness goes um i don't get real deep like deep depression um but a lot of it is just like nothing makes me happy Mm. you know nothing nothing helps now recently i've been able to just quickly get out of it like i do something that will like instantly gratify me Mm. like i do not like working out at all but if i don't feel good if i'm sad if I don't feel good about myself, my body or whatever. I'll like go run up and down the street and I'll say, Ross, I'll be back in like five minutes. And immediately I feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I'll text somebody that I haven't talked to in forever and just say, Hey, I see what you're doing. You're doing a good job. Cause that makes them feel better, which in turn, yeah. I'm glad I made somebody feel better. Little things like that can kind of just quickly get me out of it now. But yeah, it can be scary. It can be really scary. Yeah. It's funny what moving will do. I mean, just that, because when I was in counseling, that was one of her suggestions. She said, would you exercise? And I said, you know, no, not really. (laughs) I mean, my job's pretty sedentary. I'm at a desk or I'm out filming. So it's like one of the two or at a meeting. Um, And then get home and then it's home stuff. So it's not a lot of that. And so she said, you know, you should start walking, just walking. And she kind of just went into what that just that alone will do and just make sure you go while the sun's still out and just go for walks and so i started doing that after work and that was really it was a it was a just a complete drug-free regimen i mean it was just activities and when i went back and looked it's like what she's asking me to do are very basic things you know Mm -hmm. go outside and be out in the sun more uh and it was stuff that I knew when I was younger, but I had just really, I could see where I had sort of uh, tightened, tied all that off yeah. just to survive. I got in survival mode for too long, I think. And then you add survival mode compa- paired with medication. And it was just a recipe for a hole, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, walking. I mean, just walking. And I still will tell anybody. I mean, I, I can't say it's a cure-all, but I think just going for a walk in and even if it's just a nice park or a place where you can hear the sounds of nature and get away from the sounds of, of, of man, you know? Oh, yeah. And that sunshine is what? medicine. Mm-hmm. It is so good for you. Yeah. I went outside the other day, and I was standing in my garage, and I was like, I want to work out right now. I and anybody that, yeah. <laughs> anybody that knows me through social media knows that I hate working out. And I just thought, well, I'm in the mood to work out. Thanks, son. I mean... It really is. Like, if you are battling depression or sadness or just any, if you're in a slump right now. Yeah. Like, sunshine is 
is key. Yeah. So get outside. Mm-hmm. I open agree. your windows. Right when you get up in the morning, open your windows. I love the sounds of, of nature. I mean, honestly, I, I tell you, my favorite place in the whole world sometimes is just the front porch. Mm-hmm. You know, watching bird feeders and just see looking at the plants and going that we've planted and go, what's what's blooming? What's growing? Has this one, you know, moved at all? I mean, that, that fascinates me. And that really does relax my mind. That gives me, no matter how bad things are, that stuff is sort of solid, I guess, to some degree. You sound just like my husband. Really? <laughs> That's exactly his answer for that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like a pill, you know. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture the other day, and it was uh, it was two lines, and you know how they have like signs above these two windows, and so all these people were in line to get a, they had all these ailments, but it was a line to get their medication, and then the the other one had nobody in line, and it was uh, eat better, get plenty of oh, sleep. Yeah, I saw You've that. seen something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, God, that's it. Really is so true. Now I'm still working on the get plenty of sleep part, though. I have a trouble with that. Oh my gosh, it's so important. I just uh, get. I have this weird. I have tried to break this, and it's so rare. But I cannot sleep past four o'clock in the morning. What time do you go to bed? Different times. I mean, try to go to bed by at least ten thirty. So I mean, that's you know five five hours. Yeah, five and a half. It's I not, was counting on my fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's not horrible. I mean, and and you know, and every once in a while, it's sad, but it's usually when I get sick. And I'm like, I'm really, I need to stay again. Mm-hmm. And this past week I was sick and uh, I don't know what I had, just some kind of weird little flu type thing that just buzzed through and left. But boy, I was bad off Saturday mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to rest. And I just did. I stayed a couple extra hours and I mean, it was, it helped. But yeah. yeah, I wish I could get more sleep. That was something I, I just got, I wish I could, but there's just so much. The mornings are so busy around my life. It seems like. Do you get up? And start working at four? No, no. I get up and let's see, I'll tell you my morning routine. I want to hear yours too. Oh, yeah. So, my morning routine is I get up at four. I First thing I got to do when I wake up is drink some ice cold water. I'm, Wait, do you set your alarm for four or your body wakes you up at four? Well, my alarm goes off at 4 30. But I'll sometimes, like today, I got up at 3 55. It's like, on the dot yeah uh, or close mm-hmm. it's a, that thing where you just body's tuned to it um but yeah i get up and i, I usually keep like a one of those thermal uh, bottles with some ice water because i just got to drink something cold that's that wakes me up <laughs> so i wake up on thursday i usually drink water then i go make put coffee on and then i sit and read uh, a little bit usually depending on what is in front of me or what i want to read is bible sutras whatever and then i'll read a little bit and then i uh i usually go take a bath in the morning hmm. so i read in the tub <laughs> read read for about 30 minutes and that's then good. uh yeah that's my reading time i like it's quiet everybody's still asleep um but then about 5 30 <laughs> that's when the regiment starts it's mm-hmm. you know breakfast and getting the kids all ready for school and getting yourself ready for work but then i have started going to the gym before i come to work in the mornings, I haven't done that for a long time. I actually went. I had, my, when my father passed away, I stopped going to the gym, and that was like three years. And I was just like, I, I didn't go for three years. And so, uh, just recently, in the last, actually, it was from looking at your posts and just some of the things you would write and other things, guests on the show. I was like, you know, I need to start making that change because I can't keep coming in here 
really kind of getting stressed during the day dealing with deadlines and sitting and then hurrying up and going out and filming and then coming back and then staying late and doing paperwork all that that's just stress mm -hmm. chemicals hormones all that it's mm -hmm. just dumping that in my body and it's going to kill me ultimately yep. you know so eating right was not the whole equation it was only part like you said mm -hmm. you know but i was just i'm slowly trying to retune the dial on that one step at a time one step at a time because i can't you know that's it and so i go to the gym in the morning before work it's like hey look what's 30 45 minutes you know just to get my heart rate up oh that's a long time well <laughs> at my age <laughs> though and as much as i sit i mean i've got to yeah. like i got it and so i just go in and do cardio light weights and i come here and i do feel better i'm not gonna lie i do feel better Good. so day by day and that a lot of i mean look really some of that is just from i mean i know i'm not a fresh fuel customer that's okay but you are affecting people. I know you already know that. Yeah. So what's your morning routine? That was all about me. You're, no. People don't care about me. They talk. They hear me on every episode. No, I like it. I'm like trying to piece together how you can make it work to where you don't have to wake up so early. I'm like in my mind. I'm like, what can he do? Yeah. I think I'm just going to maybe have to. And I've thought about this. I need to find a way to... To make it to where it's like I think I'm, there's going to have to be some days where I get up early mm -hmm. like that some days if I want to spend some time reading is important to me it really is but I can't find any time to do it at night it doesn't seem like unless I stay up late mm -hmm. and then I just need some quiet I need a little bit of quiet in my day and lunch doesn't work for me as quiet time it just never does because it feels the psychology of it is I'm going I've got now it's quiet time yep so it's lunch. I got to go in there and fit it in. I don't like that. It never works for me to go. This is the time for that. I got to shove it in. Hurry up and get quiet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mornings are a little more um, soft landing than that because I typically nobody wants that. I've something I've always said. Nobody wants that hour from four to five because it's early. Mm -hmm. And that's an hour that I can just have. That's um, the best time of the day. Yeah. Nobody else wants it. It's sort of like, uh, and that's funny because it, you're Catholic, right? Or Yeah, confirmed Catholic. Confirmed, mm -hmm. okay. So I would always do that when I would do uh, adoration and get on an adoration schedule. I would take the hours nobody wanted, you know? like, wow. And I don't do it anymore, but for a long time I did. I was like, oh, it's hard to find anybody from 2 to 3 in the morning. I was like, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, and because I knew I was in that time cycle anyway, but I was like, nobody wants that. And it's nice to just... Alone. I was a whole hundred percent alone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my mornings are. I wake up that I don't wake up at four. I wake up mostly between four thirty and five thirty. Okay. Um, lately, I've been sleeping later. I don't know why my body's just very tired, but yeah, I wake up at. I would say we're just gonna say five. Wake up at five, and my husband and son are still sleeping. You know, for a couple hours. So, I wake up. I drink a bottle of water while I'm making the coffee. Um, just to hydrate myself before I dehydrate myself with coffee. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think too. Because <laughs> um, you're you're already dehydrated because you're sleeping mm -hmm. for the last you know however many hours without water. So I uh, drink coffee. I do a little devotion mm. um, on my phone, and it's very hard not to go straight to Instagram. But I go, you know, I try to do my devotion app. I do that with um, an app called She Works His Way, uh -huh. and it's a community of women that are that own businesses but oh. they want to run their business for god yeah um so it's really cool 
She works his way? She works his way. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's amazing. Um, so I do that, and then I get to work. I So many people that own businesses and, you know, a, a lot of, they call them boss babes. Who, <laughs> I haven't heard that. You've never heard that? No. Oh, my gosh. Just... Just go search the hashtag boss babes. Boss babes, okay. So it's um, a name that people use for girls that own businesses. Really? So a lot of those girls know, and I know so many girls that are that are running businesses now in Lake Charles, which is so cool, but they are um, told that you're supposed to batch work and you're supposed to write your post ahead of time so that you can, you know, save some time in the morning or whenever yeah. you have to post every day and you just schedule your post. I just can't do that. I have tried to sit there and and write. Like, I'll spend an entire day. I'll say, okay, Ross, I'm going to go to Starbucks for the next five hours, and I'm just going to write content. I cannot do that. Huh. Because if I'm not in the right headspace, and I'm just trying to say what I think people are going to want to hear, yeah, those posts never do well. I did that for a little bit, but now it's like the other day. I post Yesterday, I posted something about... What we had done, what we had talked oh, about yeah, that morning, because yeah. it was like this is happening to me. Surely somebody else knows this. You know, right. it's right then and there. So in the morning, about an hour and a half or two hours is me figuring out the picture and the and the words for that. So I spend my time doing a devotion and then figuring out my post for the day. See, this is interesting because that's a big part of what I do. Is uh, people hire us to, and boy, this is just, you're going to love this. And I mean, people know that people do it, but they hire us to manage their social media. Right. And if anybody's listening to this, they won't hire me because of what I'm about to say. But there are people that you cannot convince to manage their own social media. Yeah. Which is funny to me because it's called social media, and there is absolutely nothing social about someone like me posting for other businesses exactly you know writing their content and, and being writing their their fake authentic messages and god i'm gonna get fired for saying that but it's the truth and it's i'm because truth. i've told this i've told my clients the same thing and i used to do that and i still do for some people that batch posting stuff but the unfortunate reality of that is is that is always going to be substandard content it's not that it's not information and it's not that it's not keeping your presence out there and but all it is is saying social media is just like any other media that's all it is it's saying well i need to be on the radio so i better put a radio commercial out there well i need to be on social media so i better put something out there and it can be relevant it can be current and it can be branded but ultimately it's going to fall short until there is a voice a real heartbeat behind that social media then it then it becomes social and that's kind of what even this show I, it was nice because for years i got off of social media doing even our parker brand stuff i just got to where i was like all i'm doing is saying hey here's a logo we did or hey here's a brochure we did but i don't we're not building relationships mm-hmm. through here with this show it's totally different and i'm enjoying it again because it's like oh a human being listened and they made a comment and they want to know what I meant or they would like what a guest said. I love that because then it's like actual connections. They're speaking life. Yeah. Real speaking life versus just, oh, here's some more ad stuff. Here's a fact. Yeah. That, you know, five people are going to care about. Right. Yeah. I, I battle that so much. I battle 
when you own a business, you obviously want it to be successful and you want people to see your stuff and like your stuff. So I battle, okay, do I post this because I know somebody's going to need to hear it and I'll get engagement from it? You know, I'll get tons of engagement if I post about how my husband and I had a fight the other day because people think that that's crazy that a marriage couple, a married couple fights for some reason. So I could get so much engagement with that or I could talk about how, you know, I prayed and God answered my prayer and maybe not get as much engagement, but like that's the deep stuff Yeah. versus like I, I battle that because do I, do I do it to get likes? Do I do it to get engagement? Do I do it to get new followers, new customers? Or do I do it because it's cathartic for me? Mm. It could help somebody else. It's, it's, it's a battle all the time, but yeah, I feel like batch work, which means you just sit for hours and do the same thing, like create different Facebook posts. I feel like that's not authentic for me. And it could be for some people. I cannot switch from subject to subject, from post to post. So. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time, which is hard. I spend a lot of time writing a social media post every morning, yeah. you know, when I could be sitting there with my kid and playing with him. But right, I don't know. I feel like that's more authentic, and that's really. I think what, I'm what you're describing there, and I think I've had that same sort of feeling. And we may be both wrong. I don't know, and I don't <laughs> even know if there is a wrong because I've, I've sort of taken this approach to social media now, and boy, it's crazy how that we have to even have conversations about how to approach it but mm-hmm. you know if i go to books a million and i go i'm gonna buy a, a notebook what am i gonna do with that notebook you know i mean somebody else might buy that notebook and they may draw pictures in it mm-hmm. somebody else might cut out pieces of magazines and make collages and somebody else might write their deepest thoughts or some people might write love letters to a an old flame that they're never going to see again it's but before you before anybody does any of that, it's just a notebook. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's kind of the way I've lately taken my approach to social media. I'll go through a phase where I'm like, I've, I've gotten to where I like haiku poetry. I used to never read it, and I've become quite fond of it. And I was like, I might be kind of fun to take pictures of things that caught my eye and then just sit for a moment and write a haiku about that thing and just see what comes out of that. So that's what I'm going to do with social media today. And then if likes come... They come. Yep. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. So it's more like a notebook now. And I'm I, that's different for me because I used to being in advertising, it was, you know, chasing um, page likes and, and interactions. And, and people still, I mean, I still have to do that. It's what we do and we can do it, but I will, won't say it's fulfilling. Yeah. No, it's very it's, inhuman. Well, yeah. What What's more, and I think a lot of people like the likes because it shows other people that they're liked. Mm, yeah. So when validation. Yeah. Like, yeah. So and not even not even so if I get you know three likes on something, somebody coming to me and telling me they like my stuff more than them actually clicking that button on social media, that's a different sort of excitement. Because this way, if I get three likes on something, I would be sad. Yeah. Like. I think that post was way better than that. And that would show other people that only three people liked that post. But if somebody comes to me and says, I love your stuff, that's, that, that means so much more. Like, I don't care about those three likes anymore. If you come to me and say something. So it's like, I think it's for, for you, you know, all the likes make you feel good, but I think it's also so that other people can see that you're liked. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. That was because, probably really confusing. No, I think I, I get, get what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, if you go to, let's say you get a, a post that somebody shares and then that post that you go, oh, that's interesting. I like that content. Well, then you click that page and then you get over there and you're like, oh, they got like only 50 people follow this. Is yeah. this like a a fluke that this was good content you know how it, sad is that that that's how we think i know Isn't it's, that it so is super sad? sad but that is how it works i mean that's what we've been geared to believe oh. right yeah. i mean i even think that with this show mm-hmm. i mean when i when you first start a show like this and i'm sure it's like a website or a web page or a facebook page anything the show was like that i go okay i know from doing this for 20 something years that you're we're starting cold you have no listeners and no followers Mm -hmm. so you have nothing you've got to create some shows wrap them in some kind of container be authentic because that's what i want this to be and then put it out there with no followers and no listeners Mm -hmm. and go listen to this please and then so i had to let it go and go somebody might listen and nobody might listen and so that's what we did but it if you're doing it with pure intentions, yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, because well, I'll tell you, it's been what well, it's probably like you, and I'm sure you feel this way. Do you ever get a a message from somebody and it's like they go, "Man, this thing you shared, I needed to hear it today." Oh yeah. And then then you go, "If this was the only time this has ever happened, that was it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Doesn't matter." What else happens from here on out? This person heard something that gave them hope, peace, pulled them off the edge, whatever it is, changed their life, tuned the dial. I'll take it. Because, I mean, what are we here for anyway? Yeah. Share your story. Yeah. Other people need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? it's, true. it's true. Just share your dang story, everybody. Really. Yeah. I mean, everybody, just share your story. One thing I see you doing and I mean, I don't know if this is what you're, if it's a goal or if it's your intention or if it's where you started, but is body image. Mm-hmm. Is that an intention of yours? Because it seems like that's something that you're kind of combating. It's like there's a, there's been a sentiment in the world for a long time that we had to look a certain way and dress a certain way and take our pictures a certain way and present ourselves a certain way. And you seem to kind of, combat that a little bit with some of your posts or at least that's what i might take away sometimes it's like the one you did today yeah i mean i'm going look you're you're showing yourself side by side and you're going to look at the difference in six days and i'm going how many people will you said you would never see people do that yeah they only want to show you the perfect finished result not look i started here and i got here i mean i think everybody battles with some sort of body image. I mean, I've never met anybody that's like, I love the way I look. I wouldn't change anything. Whether yeah. it's their weight or their... <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to meet those people. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, confidence, they can, they can show that they're confident, but they might not really be confident. I feel like so many people battle body image issues, and I mean, I just want people to know that it's okay. Just do something about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you know, get your summer bod, hashtag summer bod. Like, don't stress about that. Just do something that'll make you feel better. And all of this motivation comes after you begin to do things that make you feel better. Um, and sharing that with people and hearing that people needed that 
made me feel better. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's sharing all this stuff is healing for me. Um, but it's, I think it's healing, you know, some other people too. So, but yeah, nobody shares their fat pictures. I mean, why would you? Yeah. But I do. Well, I mean, I think it's good that you that you do what you're doing. I, I don't know. It just for me, it touches me because I'm, I'm one of those people. Believe it or not, like I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those people that um, you if you've listened to enough of these, I don't know how many of these you've listened to, but I'm pretty open about it. I have a problem looking at pictures of myself. Yeah, have for years. I mean, and it's really unfortunate because. And it's sad that I can look at it. I talk about it like an outsider watching it. Mm -hmm. I do that all the time because I I go, okay, I'm in groups of people who are having a good time and they're all taking pictures of each other and there's zero hesitation. And I'm like running from the lens like it's a laser, like it's going to cut me in half. And, uh, but I'm trying to, I'm working on that, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's a slow, slow thing, you know, and I don't know that I'm ever going to fully win that you never make that full flip. And I, I don't know where that comes from. Don't know when it started, but it's a strange thing. And I go, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that are like that. They look in the mirror and they don't see themselves properly. Right. And it's strange, but yeah. I have something in my brain that does that. Like when I, I honestly believe this and I don't know how to explain it, but I've read about it online and other people who've had experience. I've never talked to anybody that's explained it that way to me, but it's like a, uh, a distortion mm-hmm. and when I see a picture I go wow that is a major difference I can't see and I, I just can't see myself properly it's weird it's a very strange thing I think I don't think it's as uncommon as you're saying maybe not it, yeah. and it doesn't when I go online and I've just recent again online research who knows what that is but the things I've discovered is that it's out there yeah but I just don't you know just got to work through it. Yeah. I'll see pictures of myself, you know, from two years ago and be like, oh my gosh, I was so fat. And everybody's like, no, you weren't. You weren't. And I'm not one of those people that says I'm fat, but I'm not really fat. Right. You're not you just, know. you're not like baiting for like, oh, no, you're, oh my gosh, <laughs> when no. we were in junior high, it was when a girl used to say their hair was fried. Okay. The hair is so fried today. And we're like, yeah, right. Your hair's not fried. <laughs> no, it looks great. <laughs> that was what we used to Fishing say. Fishing for comment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Your hair is, my hair is so fried. Your hair is so fried. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. You Do you remember that? We yeah. used to stand in the lunch line. It, but... She's saying her hair is fried. Her hair's not fried. She just wants you to tell her her hair's not fried. <laughs> <laughs> oh man looking yeah. for looking for reassurance yeah and i think you know we, we were just talking about this at our home but sometimes people do that with uh love you know they they put people through things so they'll show them they love them and it's like a false love that you get it's like no, no, don't worry about me. I'm not, no, don't, don't, don't do anything for me. And it's like, no, no, we want to take, we want to, we want to. Oh, okay. Well, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sort of like the victim, you know? Yeah. And then it, it feeds you something, but I don't think that's love. It's feeding you. Right. It may seem like it, but it's not for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of why at the beginning, Fresh Fuel was something that I wanted to do because I wanted to get reassurance that I was doing a good job. And, you Mm. know, um, you're working out. Good for you, Megan. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of you. I got so many likes at the beginning. Yeah. Like just just pats on the back. Yeah. yeah. And I'm happy 
You're driving down the road. Everything is going just fine. You're listening to the new episode of Find the Good News in Your Car, and you're all stoked about trying out this zipper merge thing you've been hearing about when all of a sudden you hear that sickening tap on your windshield that's just a little too loud. I've got some bad news for you. You've just got yourself a rock chip. Unfortunately, I've got some worse news. If you don't take care of that rock chip, it's going to turn into a crack. But I do have some good news too. You don't have to have a rock chip or a crack because I've got a way for you to take care of it ASAP. If you go to asapglassco.com right now, you can stop that chip from winding across your windshield like the Calcasieu River. I used to be terrible about getting a rock chip, saying I'll take care of that later, and then later turns into this irritating crack that just spreads from one side of my windshield to the other. I should have taken care of it ASAP by scheduling a repair with ASAP Glass. ASAP Glass is local, right here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and they're mobile. Even better, you can get a quote right from your mobile phone at asapglassco.com. ASAP Glass is owned and operated by two of my best friends, lifelong friends, Dan and Kayla Smith. Dan the Glass Man will make sure his team of glass technicians gets to your job ASAP and make sure it's done right so you can keep that windshield crack out of sight. If you do get that rock chip and you don't take care of it ASAP, that's okay. ASAP Glass does complete windshield replacements. Remember, ASAP Glass is mobile, so you don't have to worry about finding time to drop your vehicle off at their shop. You get your quote at asapglassco.com. Make your appointment with Kayla, and then before long, an ASAP Glass van is on its way to your location. That's it. I know you're probably looking at a rock chip right now. Don't wait. Take care of it ASAP. Go to asapglassco.com on your mobile device and get a quote. That's asapglassco.com. And make sure to tell Dan and Kayla you heard about ASAP Glass on Find the Good News. Now I'm like, I need to be patting all these other people on the back. Hmm. Like, so many people, people always ask me who who's my inspiration? Like I got that question the other day from somebody who's doing an interview. Who's my inspiration? And my inspiration is anybody that's gone, that that gets through anything that's just hard. Huh? I mean, I know that sounds so hokey, but it's anybody like, and even hard being weight loss journey. Yeah. Cause that's hard. Um, I don't know, getting through some anxiety of some sort, going yeah. to the grocery store for the first time when it's really hard, because that was me. What um, do you mean? Can you stop right there and tell me what you mean by that? Going to the grocery store was hard. What do you mean? I don't... I was like... Okay, I used to be so worried that whenever I would get into the line at the grocery store and I would have to pay, my mom can attest to this, I would not I would not go fast enough and the people behind me would have to wait. So I always had my credit card out ready. You were like a ready buyer. Oh yeah, like yeah. yeah. And Ross, whenever we first got together, I would have him I'd be like, Is your card out? He'd be like, Yeah, I'll get it out whenever we get to the thing. I'm like, just have it out. I don't know. It was just this weird, anxious like huh. I don't want to make anybody wait. What if I don't know where the stuff in the grocery store is? Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Just anxious. I could relate to that. Yeah. I I don't want to say it's exactly like that, but I've had that before. My wife and I have totally different shopping 
skills or abilities or, mm-hmm. or habits. I don't know what you want to call it, but we always tell this story because we used to not grocery shop together <laughs> because I'm an aggressive grocery shopper. Mm-hmm. I go in, I know what I want. And if I like a store and I know where it's at, I'm like, it's like military operation. I'm like, shelf yeah. to shelf. I grab the stuff. And when, when I'm going and then there's somebody like reading labels and stuff, I'm like, okay, move. I want to get my thing so I can keep going. I got the operation, right? And then when I get to the checkout, I would um, put everything on the conveyor belt the way I was going to put it up at my house. Mm-hmm. Which is nuts because the store isn't organized that way. But I would do that. I would sit there and get it all the way I wanted. So, and then when I would get to the end and I would watch them bag and they would just throw and it, things. And I was going, I would just like in my mind just be screaming like, <laughs> I put that on there for this reason. So put all the cold stuff together. Yeah, all the cold all stuff the, together. The, the box cold stuff <laughs> together. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> and I thought I did all this work. And it would always unravel at the end. But I was so quick. So one time we went shopping together and... Uh, I think she was getting a new shower curtain and she said, well, I'm going to go um, get the shower curtain. And I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and start doing the grocery. I think shopping, we were at Walmart, I believe. And so we parted ways and I left her at the shower curtain place. I go do the, all the shopping and I'm like, well, let me go see if I can find her now. So I go back and she's still at the shower curtain thing. And she was like, you're done. And I was like, yeah, she goes, I haven't even picked out like, <laughs> the thing and so we knew at that point like our grocery shopping uh timetables were totally different yeah sometimes i come home with especially if i'm shopping for clothes i don't like to spend too much time there Hmm. now i don't have the anxiety anymore like i used to i still get really proud of myself if i go especially with a kid if i go and come home and i make it and we're both alive and everything's good (laughs) i feel like super mom and i want to tell everybody about it but um Oh, what was I saying? We were talking about shopping at the grocery store and the anxiety. And then you were talking about surviving, going going shopping for clothes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, So I would, like, I'll still do this. I'll go. If I have to get clothes, I'll go. I'll try on a couple things. And then if I've been there for longer than I really want to be there, I'll just grab stuff. And then I get home and I'm like, I didn't even try this on because I just wanted to get out of there. You know, like, oh, I saw this and this will probably be the same size and it'll probably be cute and I'll just take it and go home and then it's the wrong size or something. Mm. But it's like, I I want to go in there just like you. I want to go in there, get my stuff and like... Yeah. I I, I think I relate to that because I do. I don't really love... It's weird. I guess it depends on what it is. Clothes shopping, I'm the same way. I haven't. I rarely changed my styles. I wear jeans, boots, blues, whatever. Same button ups. I don't change. But then um, stores like where it's um, decor and like I love stores like uh, TJ Maxx and Home Goods and Marshalls where it's like I never know what's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So I can go dig, and things can catch your eye, or they may have a piece that they only have one of. I kind of like that kind of shopping i love antique store shopping and uh, thrift store shopping because it's like an adventure a discovery yeah but yeah things where i'm like just i don't know clothing's that way for me grocery stores that way i just want to get in i don't like i don't want to browse around (laughs) take my time i just want to get in get the chore done and kind of get out yeah if i could order everything online which you pretty much can these days i would hmm 
everything. Really? Even yeah. groceries too? Oh, 100%. Really? I've never, yeah. oh, don't they have services like that around here now? Yeah, I'll order my groceries now and go pick them up. Is that, that's what you do? Mm-hmm. Is that, does that work well with fresh fuel? I mean. Yeah, so I give you a grocery list. So all you have to do is sit behind your phone, your computer, and just wow. click whatever you want, whatever's on the grocery list. I give you an exact grocery list for every week. So walk me through that then, since we're talking about shopping. <laughs> let's just, we've circled around to that, so let's talk about it. So. I sign up for Fresh Fuel. What mm-hmm. what is that like for me? I mean, I come in, I go, hey, I want to, I want to do, and it's my ignorance. Forgive me. Oh. I want to do Fresh Fuel. Yeah, that's what, what you call it. Okay, I do. I'm doing Fresh <laughs> doing Fuel. Doing Fresh Fuel. What is that like? What What do I need to do? Walk me through like what's going to happen. So I have different programs. Um, I have a. If you want to just know what fresh fuel is, what kind of food it is at all. So what it is, is I give you healthy recipes. That's it. There's no counting. There's no like weighing your food. It's just all I want you to do is just eat healthy whole food. That's it. Okay. So that's all of my recipes. They're just healthy whole food. Um, And so if you want a free meal plan to just try it, there's one that you can download on my website. Really? other than that, you could either sign up for a week-long program or a 28-day program. And that's a different recipe every week? or It's just, it? so the week-long program is just like a, like a static, just one week. So you only do it one time. Okay. So it's kind of like kind a, of like, hey, try this out. Try this out, yeah. yeah. And pay, you know, a third of the price. Gotcha. Um, but it's, yeah, you'll get, so you'll sign up and you'll get a bunch of information. You'll get an approved snack list, which is mainly just fruits and veggies you can eat those all day every day raw whatever you want um a lot of diets limit you to how much you can eat and i feel like if god made it then eat it okay so um i say um all the time how many times have i said i didn't conversation i didn't count i'll I'll notice when i somebody (laughs) count how many ums and post it on my social media please so you'll get a meal plan that lasts for one week. You'll get a breakfast recipe and you'll get three lunch and dinner recipes. Okay. You'll get step-by-step on how to actually make it efficient. Like the broccoli and the casserole goes in at the same temperature at the same time. So put them both in at this time and take them out. Okay. And you'll get a grocery list. You'll get an approved snack list. You'll get a couple videos, just healthy videos on why I think whole food is important. And you make these, you produce in these videos that you... Oh, I'm producing them with my phone. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. I produce these with my computer in my living room with my dog in the background. (laughs) Yeah. No lighting. I don't think I was wearing makeup and I felt really fat. But yeah, they're there and it's great information. So that's what matters, right? And they're connecting with you. Yeah. That, that helps. Yeah. You're there. It gives the, the feeling that you're with the person. Yeah. I really need to redo those while we're talking about it, though. (laughs) I need to write that down. (laughs) Redo those videos because. They could be a lot better. I'm actually writing this down, by the way. That's okay. That's what we're here for, right? <laughs> Taking notes. Yeah. So it's a you can do a 28 day program, four weeks of recipes, grocery lists. I I really just take out all the guesswork because people don't have time. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I hear is, it's not that you don't want your family to be healthy. I've never heard anybody say that. You want your family to be healthy. You just don't have time. So I've done recipes grocery list for you all you have to do is on sunday that's what i recommend cook for between two to four hours all four meals and then you don't have to cook the so rest this of the is, week so you're meal prepping then, i'm right? meal prepping okay okay 
I'm not good at I've been explaining to try. what pressure looks. No, 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 no. I didn't, well, I've seen you. I've seen pictures. This is my first podcast. <laughs> I had a feeling that we were going to get there, and I wanted to ask you about that it's because meal that's, prep. I saw that, and I said, "Okay, you're you had like stacks of containers," mm-hmm. and I was like, "What? What's going on here?" Meal prep. Yeah, yeah it's. Because if you're not prepared, you're going to make bad decisions. You know, that's absolutely true. It's like the difference between bringing your lunch to work and not bringing your lunch to work. Yeah. Right? And I mean, even if you get something healthy at a restaurant, there's so much sugar and sodium and, and everything, even salad. Yeah. The dressings are filled with sugar and sodium. So, well, And, you know, the world, look, I mean, I was reading an article, and not to segue too far into this, I don't want to derail this, but it goes into what you're talking about. We're really trying to cut down on waste in our home, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm, I'll probably get raked over some kind of coals for this. <laughs> but the more I read about recycling, the less, the less it seems like a viable option for the future because the energy it takes to recycle is producing a whole another type of waste, right? Interesting. Real, yeah, I mean, and and then all these plastics that we're putting into recycling bins aren't always going to recycling centers. They're just getting shipped off to other countries who we're paying to take our plastic. Yeah. And so I was like, so recycling makes you feel good and it makes me feel good. I've recycled, but you really sometimes haven't. Mm-hmm. So the real answer is to cut out buying these things. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to do this. And we've made some pretty big changes. But when you go to the store and try to shop friendly to the environment, that is almost an impossible task if you have a family. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, I need this. I want this food. Well, if you're basing it on the want, you can have it. But if you base it on the packaging, you may not be able to because yeah. almost everything comes in some sort of single-use plastic veneer or cellophane a a bag i mean even if it's a box inside there's a bag i mean it's like man unless you're buying fresh like right off the produce out of the produce section you're kind of out of luck i mean if you're going to buy a dressing it's going to come in a container that you really you got to do something with it yeah so anyway it's thoughts like that that have been really bugging me i'm like man this is it might make me feel good but i'm still kind of doing it so i guess in, in getting around to that it's kind of like going to buy healthy man where am i going with this my original point was the things that are out there for us to con- consume aren't really conducive to healthy living right so i mean it's like there's way more stuff out there that's processed yeah and you have a lot of variety in that category but when you get into the fresh category or the healthy category and granted it's growing but it's still pretty thin Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you've got packaging considerations so i go you get even thinner you know what i mean so you can end up in a real tiny little avenue of things you can get if you're trying to consume environmentally friendly and then healthy yeah you kind of get in a jam man i gotta get on the environmentally friendly thing that's hard though. i don't i don't think about it i just don't that's just not something i think about but i need to it's hard though getting back to what we we're talking about shopping i mean it's a big part of your business is shopping right i mean it's yeah. buying things We've been trying to cut out plastic bags and we use these, we bought these canvas bags, we're using them and then we love it. I mean, but going to the store, you know, slowly that's changing. You're seeing stores do that, but it's not set up for that world. You have to, they're going to have to make some major changes because you go to the store, 
can you hand them your bags? Not all the stores are like super friendly about yeah. that. They're like, oh man, I gotta More use work. these. You know, it's slower or whatever. <laughs> Holding the line up. Oh yeah. You know, there's, there's this person. I got six big canvas totes I gotta use. You know, and it's not here at the little hooky thing at the end where I can just dump and go. And you do. There's an anxiety about it. Yeah. You know, and I yeah, I feel it. Uh, but it's little habits like that. You know. Yeah. The part of what I wanted to do with the grocery list was I used to just have, um, if, if you needed to get spinach for something, I would just say spinach. Yeah, but then spinach. I realized my sister helped me realize this shout out Aaron Beth. <laughs> she, um, helped me realize that what if they already have spinach at their house? Like, mm. so how much do they need for the recipe? So if they already have a box of spinach, then if they only need two cups, then they don't need to go back to the store and get a whole other box of spinach. So, yeah. yeah. So my grocery lists are, I tell you, like, if you need a teaspoon of garlic powder. So you if you only have that little thing. thing of garlic powder left, that's all you use. Yeah. So I'm trying to reduce waste that way. Yeah. Save a ton of money. How, sure. off, how much money do you spend at the grocery store buying stuff and then you have to throw it away? Oh, yeah. You know, because you never used it, especially produce because it goes bad. Yeah. So I try to reduce food waste that way well and then you're going home the other thing about that i like is the meal prep part which to me is the crucial part because i can go buy produce and not have a package and that gives me in my environmentally friendly zone and i'm in the fresh ish right mostly i mean that's fresh i'm assuming that's what i'm calling fresh so I'm sorry, I'm ignorant. So no, I think you're that's not. My, no, you're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out. But, like, yeah, so that's fresh. Right. Um, but if I don't cook it or make something with it, it's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. But in the meal prep solves that because then you're, like, you're prepped. It's all good. You can, what do you, freeze it? You put it in the fridge. It's ready to go for whenever you're ready to go to work or whatever you're doing, yeah. dinner. Fridge. Fridge. Keep it in the fridge for... I mean, I keep it in my fridge for seven days. Seven days? Is that your... And then you can put it in the freezer. So, like, on day five, if you know, oh, I forgot I had dinner tonight, so I'm not going to need... Or, you know, we have a wedding and something, so I'm not going to need these four meals. Put them in the freezer. Yeah. And then I I give you a link to these microwavable meal prep, meal prep containers. So, you can just take them from the freezer and pop them in the microwave, and there you go. Yeah. It's just... It's because... From personal experience, if I do not have something prepared, you know, my husband will drive on his way home and call me and say, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, well, I have this turkey and, you know, I got to cook it, but I don't know what I want to cook. And then we come to the conclusion that, nah, we'll just cook it tomorrow. And we never do. Yeah. So he goes and gets something. And so we're eating something that's not really healthy. It's true. And then I'm not meal prepping and then I have to throw it away. And we do the same thing. It's People have, I mean, people have saved hundreds of dollars a month just by meal prepping i believe it i think michelle and i could do that we were talking about it she was interested in what you did and i was trying to explain it to her and i think i did an okay job (laughs) now that i'm talking to you yeah uh, and 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 learning more about it and i i think that there's a, a high value in that because you're right you know, some people, most people work. You've got a husband and a wife working mm-hmm. and just like Michelle and I. And so there's not a lot of time to sit around and like put a plan together. It's great that you're doing this because there's people that are like that and go, man, I don't have to think about this. Yep. She's already done the work. She's done the research. It's working. It's something that's sustainable. I can do this. And then you're having like true gains from this. Yeah. And it's also, I do want to note that 
it is not the grilled chicken, green beans, brown rice type healthy food that you're used to. I mean, it's spaghetti, mm. just healthy. I give you good brands of food. It's just healthy ingredients. So spaghetti, taco bake, um, red beans and rice. You know, it's it's good food. You're not cooking grilled chicken. So are most of your customers people in Southwest Louisiana or are there people all over? Most are, yeah, from Lake Charles, Westlake, Sulphur, Moss Bluff. I do have some people in California, Florida, New York. Okay. I have somebody in Europe. Yeah. But they were from Lake Charles. Okay. <laughs> but okay. it still counts. Yeah, it counts. It's, it does. <laughs> I mean, it does. I have listeners that I've some in Sweden, and I'm like, they count. <laughs> they oh, do. yeah, they do. <laughs> the, the 14 of them, they count. Uh, but no, so I guess the reason I ask that is so when you're putting together the recipes and stuff, these are um, obtainable ingredients. They're not like in, because that happens when you, you ever buy a recipe book. Because I, I do, I love to cook. I don't get to cook as much as I would like to, but I do enjoy it a lot. And I have beautiful recipe books. I just love recipe books. And I get in there and I go, oh, I want to do this 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 cast iron dish. And then there's these weird ingredients, mm-hmm. and I have to go look them up. And I'm like, I'm not going to find that at Kroger. Yep. I mean, I've looked for some of these things. And so then I got to go, well, what is it? What's the replacement? Because I'll have to replace it with something. So I don't think I've ever really fully cooked some of these cookbooks. I'm like, I never cooked the actual recipe. Yeah. I remember whenever I was just starting doing this and I was trying to come up with my first week of meals, I would look on Pinterest and I would see something that looked so good. And I would even type in like easy stir fry. You know, like put the word easy in front of it because it's going to give me something that's like five ingredients. Never was. There were always like 15 ingredients. I didn't know what the heck three of them were. There were 10 yeah. steps to cook it. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. So I would just move on. Immediately, if the if the list of ingredients was longer than 10 ingredients, I would not look at it. So I thought, what if I can make these meals with, you know, five ingredients, 10 max, but they're all... You know, I have like canned corn or frozen corn, whatever. But I wanted it to be an easy, just an easy thing for you to do. I don't want you to have to. Everybody works really hard in their lives right now. Yeah. I just wanted to make this easy for you. Yeah. But I'm the one that will tell you, you don't have to get everything perfect. You don't have people ask me what kind of cheese to get. I don't care. Do the best you can. Yeah. You know, do if it has ingredients that you can read. That's the first key. You know, if it has less than 10 ingredients, if it has less than five, it's the best. But um, just do the best you can because, like I always say, it's just always going to be okay. If you're eating something home cooked that has maybe a little bit more sugar because you bought the wrong marinara sauce, well, it's better than going to McDonald's. Right. So it's okay. Just do the best you can. Yeah. No, that is, I think you're right on. It actually is listening to you talk about it it makes you just want to do it doesn't it doesn't it sound easy it does it's, i'm not i'm not kidding it like makes me want to go okay this is what i'm gonna do this way. i want to do it i really do i'm gonna do it yeah. i'm telling you right now I, i'm oh, gonna I'll talk to sure michelle tonight do. and we're gonna do it because it's i mean simple. it is simple and i mean it, it sounds honestly it plays into a lot of what i believe like i believe in interbeing right that mm-hmm. everything um dependent origination everything is dependent on something else i mean no nothing's an island nothing's not connected right and so my habits 
I, I can say, oh, my habits affect me. They hurt me. It's making me that it's making me tired it's giving me headaches well all of that affects my whole family so if i have headaches which i do have headaches so i get headaches well then i'm like i don't want to do that right now my head hurts too bad or um oh dad i want to go do this i don't feel good today or whatever it is i'm going oh it's me but it's actually them i am affecting them so if i can make a change like that yeah it's going to affect everybody and then it rubs off. It's it's a habit forming. If I can form a new habit out of something, and then that just ripples out to everybody in my whole life. Yeah, and it's not even just about you know losing weight, or it, it's it's about that one thing. I always say, just take the one, just do one thing better than you did yesterday. Yeah. So if you parked really close to Walmart today to go in, just park further away park tomorrow. Further away. Yeah. You know, just yeah. <laughs> wait. Didn't you post something about that today? Parking. Oh, that was the whole shopping cart thing. I think I posted oh, about that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I just, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, God, we're really going to get off on another tangent with Sorry. that. No, it's okay. But it's like, <laughs> that's just, I, yeah, I get, you know, it's easy to tell people they ought to be doing things sometimes. And then I go, but we can't even solve this. Mm-hmm. I, that happened to me in a McDonald's one morning. I'd come back from a prayer event that I had held and. You know, I was like, and I kind of up on a high, and then I got a McDonald's, and these guys were fighting over who was in line over an Egg McMuffin, you know, and I was like, man, we got a lot of problems in this world, and we can't even stop people from doing this. I know. So how are we going to solve this other big stuff if we can't even get, like, this part right? I know. I mean, we can't even get these buggies. <laughs> You know, and it gets Put to, your buggy yeah, back in the buggies. thing. That's such an easy thing, but it just—I I went there and I was like, "Look at all these buggies! They're mm. just like floating around this parking lot, <laughs> like ghosts are walking them around into people's cars and everything else." And I was like, "It's just weird that we don't do things that are just so basic, yeah. <laughs> small things like like litter." I know that a lot of people say litter is blamed by um, overflowing bins and containers, and I know that's a culprit, but. I still see people just go out the window with a cup and I go, man, that's really like in your head to do like that just doesn't even. You don't even think to not do that. Yeah. But but see other there are other people, though, on that on that note that would think you don't think to meal prep. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? That's why I'm here. Yeah. Right. To tell people, give me three hours. (laughs) Give me. Actually, I tell them out of an entire month, give me 12 hours. That's it. Sounds like a lot. To do this. To do this. Because you prep three hours, sometimes four. Week one is always harder because you're not used to prepping and, you know, know your way around the kitchen. Three hours a week to cook and then clean. And that's it. And you're ready. You're set. You're set for and the And is that breakfast, week. lunch, and dinner? Yes. Yeah, so or just breakfast and lunch? It's, well, I don't tell you what order to eat it in. Oh, okay. Because okay. you do whatever your body's telling you to do. I got you. You okay. know, like if, if you're not hungry for breakfast, don't eat breakfast. Yeah. So I'm not going to write a meal plan out to say, for breakfast, have eggs for this. I see. Okay. Do you know, your body is really smart. (laughs) Your body will tell you when it's full. Your body will tell you when you need to not eat a certain thing because you don't feel good after you eat it. Your Mm -hmm. body's really smart. So I like I'm supposed to tell you what to eat. Your body knows you better than I know you. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you when to eat it. I just got off on a, <laughs> see, that's something I told you about. I will, on certain um, subjects, I will get off on a tangent. But 
I don't tell you what to eat. I just tell you um, it's it's breakfast and then three lunch slash dinner recipes so you can eat them whenever you want. Okay. Um, and then if you have a family, you can double any recipe or triple any recipe. You can do whatever you want. All I want is for you to have good, healthy food prepared in your fridge. Yeah. That's okay. it. It's so it's so simple. Yeah. It's not necessarily easy. I said it was easy, but it's it's not easy to change your mindset to it being simple. But it is simple. We're so taught all these different things. You know, one day the news tells us eggs are really good for you, and then they say they cause cancer. And so all these people are so confused as to what's healthy. Right. If we just go back to the basics. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I'm not reinventing the wheel with Fresh Fuel 28. I'm yeah. telling you to eat what God created. Well, I listened to a guy the other day on one of my favorite podcasts and he was one of the guests, but he was like, he was, he was a psychologist and he was talking about eating. And, uh, he said, you know, if somebody wants to lose weight, like what's the big secret? He was like, look, cause I'm about to make it really simple for you. It's the easiest math that you could ever learn. If you want to lose weight, consume less calories than you burn. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, I'm, I'm just being honest. He said, if that's what your goal is just to lose weight, if you're not wanting to make a critical life change, that's the math, man. He was like, I mean, we can complicate it further than that. And he said, and I know it gets, you know, there's all kinds of territory you can go. And he said, but that's the basic math for most people. So the problem is a lot of us don't do that. He said, right. we eat more, we eat more calories than we burn. And we have because of what we've eaten and because of how we've treated our bodies, we have problems to where that doesn't necessarily work. Right. That's exactly. part of the problem you got too. All this so. sticky stuff that doesn't want to go. You're right. Exactly. That's why, that's why, you know, one size doesn't fit all one diet doesn't work for everyone. Um, but you're not talking about that. That's what I like. I mean, yeah. this isn't some new catchy diet. I mean, yeah, you've obviously you're, you. I see it in your pictures when you post those side by sides. I go, wow, she's really. I wouldn't have noticed. You know what I mean? But it's like, dang, you know, yeah. that's, that's big a change. And you just made critical change, a critical change in your life. You're asking people to just make a critical change that's sort of sticky and sticky. It sticks around. Yeah, and you're already cooking for your family, right? So you hope. I asked, yeah, I asked. I pulled my uh, fresh fuelers like last year. I don't remember when it was, but I asked them, do you eat out more or do you cook more? 90% of them said that they cook. Hmm. 90% of them said, I cook way more for my family than we do eating out. And so I, I was just like, well, you're already cooking. Just change your recipes. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been saying lately because. I don't necessarily want people to think it's a program. Like, I'm just giving you healthy recipes. You know, I, we call it Fresh Fuel 28 because I give you 28 days of meals and, and goals. You also get a daily goal in there. But just change your recipes. Like, that's the simplest thing to do. You're already cooking. You're already in the kitchen. I give you everything you need. Just change your recipes so that you have healthy food for your family. Yeah, and if you're not already cooking... Get to cooking. Get to cooking. Right. Get in the because kitchen. that's another message. Not everybody is. Yeah. And you have yeah. three hours a week. And if for some reason you can't prep everything at the beginning of the week, which I I advise that you do, because you say that you're going to prep half on Sunday and then I'll prep the rest on Wednesday. Well, what happens Wednesday? You don't have time. No, I get it. Something's going to sneak in and steal your time. Yeah. It's you prioritize your health. Yeah. And everybody says eating healthy is so expensive. That's that you know that's a big complaint I hear that. that I get yeah, but sure. 
But being sick is way more expensive. Yeah. Well, it's going to catch you. I mean, if you've got an older person in your life, and we probably all can think of somebody who didn't do any of this stuff, yeah. and, and they didn't, they, they may have ate home-cooked meals, but they weren't good recipes. My tasted good. And it felt good yep. temporarily, but when 65, 70 hits, you got all kinds of problems, and then the diet knee is forced upon you, right? I mean, then changes are, well, you can choose to not do them, but your doctors are going to make you do some things. Yeah. You know? Don't it, wait till something happens. Right, right. Why not? I mean, you know, I'm 40, I'll be 45 this year. I mean, I'm a little late in the game, but it's not too late to change. You got to do something. It's never too late. No, nothing changes to and nothing anything. changes. Exactly. It's you got just a little bit. Yep. Yeah. It's a simple change. And it, and, and it it's like a ripple effect of you, even after you meal prep, even if you haven't eaten any of the food yet, after those three hours are done and you can sit down on Sunday night, you're like, damn, I'm amazing. Uh, like that's just how you feel. So no, many people it's a have sense said, of accomplishment. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're like, well, I want to eat healthy all week. I'm so proud of myself. And. I feel really good today, so I think I might go for a walk. Or, yeah. you know, it's just just that one little feeling of, I did it. Right. You know? Well, I mean, you're building a path, right? Yeah. I mean, like, look, anything good you do, that's a great one. You can think of it that way. And I was just sitting here listening to you talk, and I was going, man, I, I, used to, I know how much I love to cook, and I love the colors and the smells and the cutting of vegetables i just love the sounds oh my gosh you are so my husband (laughs) (laughs) i do i think it's kind of it can become like a holy thing yeah and uh there was a time period where when i was cooking a lot i used to have this little exercise i think i've even talked about it on the show i said i used to because sometimes it would become a chore and i never liked that feeling of like oh i gotta cook you know that Mm -hmm. that feeling i like the feeling of like oh i gotta cook yes i get to cook and it was that. And I was like, how can I keep that every time I cook? And it was imagining that I was preparing a meal for somebody holy. Hmm. And I would like, I would do this like sort of imaginative, like thought experiment. It was like, if I were cooking a meal for uh, Thomas Merton, well, you know, somebody that I admire, yeah. uh, if I was going to cook a meal for Gandhi. You know, how would I feel? What would I do? How would I cut this? Would I care more that I sliced things a certain way? Would I care more that I paid more attention to cook, not overcook this and that? And and as I did that a few times, I was like, oh, this works for me. It's like I'm role playing a little bit, but I was just cooking for whoever was coming over to my house. But it just changed the way I felt about it. It made it a little more of a, um, a holy thing. And so I was just daydreaming a little bit as I, as I was listening. I was like, man, I was kind of going, man, I can do this. I can do this. I can meal prep. I've never done that before, but man, wouldn't that be fun to do, apply that thought experiment to that three, four hour time period? It becomes almost like a time of prayer and meditation and man. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it takes to get you to continue to do it. Like you're not going to continue to do a workout if there's exercises in there you don't like. Oh, no, I agree. You know, you're going to work out if you actually like the exercises. You're going to continue to cook if you like to cook. So whatever works for you, if if turning the TV on really loudly over all of the noises in the kitchen on your favorite show while you're cooking is going to help, that's one thing. If getting your husband in there to chop the grapes and put them in the... We chop the grapes for our son, not for us. <laughs> put them in the Ziploc bags, you know, that would be great. If 
if you just want to turn the music off, drink some wine, you know, and listen to music. Make it an experience. Make it an experience. So you're getting a benefit beyond just the prep, the meals that you're going to consume that are going to change your diet and your health. You're actually also getting the benefit of enjoying a part of life that's been around for a long, long time. Something very ancient, something very basic, something that human humans have turned into an art, yeah. you know, uh, to be a part of cooking. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's not just like, oh, I have to meal prep today. Yeah. You get to, you get like, to you meal get prep. To meal prep. I know that sounds so crazy to some people that are like, ugh, meal prep. Yeah. I think it might just sound like work because we, we make cooking like work, right? Yeah. I mean, we can make anything. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, there are people who, I mean, God, I can compare it to even what we do for a living. I mean, there's days where it's just, ugh, you know? I mean, it's like any job. You just got a day where it's like, man, I'm just burned out of doing this one thing over and over. But then someone else could come in and go, oh, my gosh, you get to do this thing. Yeah, it's all about perspective. And, and you go, yeah, it's not as exciting. It's, but there are days where it is, mm-hmm. you know? But it's I guess that's how it could look. People say that. They're like, oh, man, I cook. I don't want to cook. It's work. I, you're right. It's just dot changing just your... Find what's what's fun for you. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm... I'm <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's probably why I... Uh, clean my plate. I always, I'm a plate cleaner. I don't, my, if I take food, I eat what I took. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I just do not, nothing bothers me more than seeing food in the trash. Yeah. Oh. I'm not kidding. It's yeah. a huge, like I cannot stand it. I'm like, Oh, and, and it goes back to something very old from my childhood, but something just got put in my head. I was like, there, when I learned that there were people in this world who didn't get to eat, that just changed it for me. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I may, I probably have overeaten before because of it. I know I have because I'm like, I'm full, but I took this, I put it on my plate and I just, it has to be empty. Yeah. I just can't stand it. I hate sometimes going to like a, uh, a restaurant and just when you look in like maybe a container where they're dumping, you know, the bus bust plates and oh, I'm going yeah. oh my gosh look at all the food that's just left on this table kind of kills me it does we bring home everything from restaurants like there is a half of a roll and Ross and I will take it home because yeah. <laughs> he cannot stand it he cannot stand throwing food in the trash can yeah I'm with you well, you can tell him I can back him up on that. I mean, I, I honestly, and I, this may be taking it really far and maybe further than most people be comfortable going, but I see it as like just an insult to our own to. It's almost like spitting in the face of people who can't who can't have food. It's like yeah. going, oh, I have extra, but I'm throwing it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. That just blows my mind. It's a, it's a testament to our wasteful attitudes. Yeah, you know. And I'm not saying I don't live waste. I do. I mean, and I'm working on it, but that's a hard thing. To, yeah. to not be a wasteful person. It's in our face. I mean, it's we're kind of geared around waste. Everything's kind of tailored for it. Yeah. To sort of induce it. I know. I think it's not many people think about stuff like that. You know, not many people go that deep into stuff. And I feel like it would benefit a lot of people if maybe if they're hearing this podcast and hearing you talk about it, they'll think about it. But it's, yeah, I feel like waste is just something that we don't even think twice about Mm-mm. i mean, I, mean yeah. I don't except food but like like the plastic stuff you were talking about earlier like, i don't even think of that 
Well, we were talking about that plastic's an easy an easy scapegoat. I mean, because we were uh, we've switched. God, that sounds so pretentious. I don't mean it to, but it just does. I mean, I hear myself and I go, there are people going, oh my God, the straws again. But it's like when we switched away from plastic straws to metal straws at our house, um, at first, I can remember, it was like a year ago, and I can remember at first the kids were like, I don't like the way they feel in my mouth. I don't mm-hmm. like the way that hits my teeth, and I don't know, it bothers me. And then, you know, slowly, I guess as everyone aged and we kept it around, it was like, this is it. We're not buying plastic straws anymore. We're done with it. Well, now we're bringing them to restaurants with us, and it's like a new habit. And so uh, there's a restaurant my wife and I like to eat at, and we've done that a few times. And the lady brought our drinks out the other day. And she didn't leave straws. And she was like, no straws. And she goes, I'm learning too. And I was like, that. I saw my wife and said, you know, I know that seems silly to some people. I said, but look, I mean, a change was made. And she remembered. Yeah. You know, that little bitty thing. Like, you know, that's kind of, because I started thinking, that's kind of cool. Kind of yeah. cool to do that. And I was like, well, we're not doing it to be cool. But it's like, you know, if we can make little tiny, teensy tiny change. Yeah. If you do something out of the ordinary, yeah. sometimes you make a difference. Yeah. Like posting fat pictures of yourself. (laughs) I've really enjoyed talking about all this. What's your big vision? Like, I mean, do you have one, like a vision for where you want fresh fuel to go or like what you're, are you just going day by day and going, Hey, wherever this leads, it leads. Or do you have like a master Um, plan? Don't have a master plan. I, it started with food, you know, sharing recipes and things like that. But I think as I've, met more of my clients or even just followers that aren't paying customers. I've learned that there's so much more, like I was saying earlier, to health than just what you eat. So I just think Fresh Fuel's bigger. I think it's bigger than just meal plans. Yeah. Um, I don't have a clear picture of where it's going because I'm not really a planner in that sense you know i kind of just try to have a lot of faith every day yeah um but no i don't have a big i I just the i want to help people is such like a cliche thing but okay i get it i want to help people through my story Mm -hmm. and then just see where it goes but I think good, it's bigger than I think it's bigger than food and recipes. It's gonna if, if it's anything like my life, and I was just having this conversation with a fan of the show today, that this show is like that. You know, it arose at this time. You know, why didn't I do it ten years ago? It could have, I guess. You know, but I was doing something else. Mm-hmm. And I think at different times in our life, talents and skills and awarenesses change. And if you're willing to allow them to, you can be a helper. In different capacities, you can do a hundred different ways in your life. You know, maybe for a time period that you do a certain thing, it evolves into something else. But I like what you said about, I just want to help. I think that's kind of what I want to do too. It's like, hey, I want to help, but I need to be able to do it. I don't need to do what somebody else is doing. Right. Because that's not what I know how to do. But if I can take what I know how to do and and be helpful, then why, that's what I'll do. Yeah. And that may change in 10 years, five years, because I'll change. Hopefully yeah. I'll change. I hope I change. We're always changing. Sure. So, yeah, your perspective is going to change all the time. Your body's going to change. Your direction and everything is going to change. And you just have to go with it even though that's hard but you have to just i mean i just have learned to have so much faith through all of this because when you start a business you have no clue if it's going to be well received or what 
you know, I just have to have faith that God knows the desires of my heart. And I just have pure intentions of sharing my story to help people. And that's all I can do. Yeah. You know? Well, I think I was thinking about that the other day that, you know, God helps us as us. And I liked that thought because it really... It, it really is a good illustration of, you know, we hear the vine and the body and all the parts. And, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that because it means there's, it's an organism. Instead of thinking of each other as separate, we think of each other as one mm-hmm. and that we should help each other. I always loved, uh, I don't know even know where I read it. It might be in the Bible, honestly. I don't think it is, though. It was uh, the, the knee's pain isn't the hand's, but the hand rushes to defend it. You know, hmm. and I was like, I like that. I like that concept that, yeah, my toe is where I'm being hurt. And that pain isn't the fingers, but, right. the, but the hand will rush down to, to protect it or to console it. And I thought, you know, that's a good illustration of what I would love to believe humanity's capable of. Yeah. You know, rushing to to the needs of each other in whatever capacity. I mean, you're, you're given these inclinations and this the life you were given to do this thing and then now you can help what what a great thing yeah isn't that what life is about Mm. being kind helping other people yeah i just feel like that's kind of if if you have no idea where to start if you're just sitting there like what am i supposed to do what is my purpose you know just be kind and help people that's like the first place to start what can you do to help people today what can you do to be kind to someone today yeah that's where you start that's i got i just on my last podcast this exact subject came up and it's one of my favorite lines from uh shanta diva's guide to the bodhisattva's way of life and it's this one little line it says may i be a helper for those without one and that's a beautiful statement because it doesn't get into saying what that help is. Mm-hmm. It just says, may I be a helper? And so, yes, please, may I be a helper? And whatever that is today, show me and I'll do it. You know, if it's within my capacity as a person, whatever's happened to me in my life and made me who I am, let me be a helper. Yep. Love it. Me too. And I'm happy. This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. 
On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. So you know what time it is? What time? It's fishbowl time. Oh my gosh. Do you know about this, right? Yeah. How many? One question? Three. Okay, what if I don't understand the question? Oh, you Can will. I put it back? Okay. No putsy backsies, oh. unless it's something really crazy. Oh yeah. But I don't know Wait, what. There's like a lot. This too. There's all yeah. There's little slips of paper. There's there's cards. Oh man. Uh -oh. Do I get any time to think about? This? <laughs> what does it say? How could you add more value to your relationships? Um, Ooh. Add more. That's a good question. Add more value. Do you like that word? Value. Yeah. Do you feel like it implies hmm. that you should get something? Value. Cuz see there's yeah. a there's another word out in the in our in the lexicon that I don't like. It's the word leverage. Yeah. I hear that a lot in yeah. business speak. It's sort of like a buzzword, but I hear value and leverage and I, I see dollar signs. And I think sometimes uh it, it could mean that. You know what's weird? When I read this, how could you add more value to re your relationships? I wanted to say by being a better listener. Mm. But then I thought, but wait, that's just me giving. So mm. that's exactly what you're just saying. Like, Yeah, what about what you get back? Yeah, but that's not what I thought. I mean, my yeah. first thought was being a, just being a better listener. Or being, being honest. Yeah. My goodness. Right. There's so much advice giving in, in relationships and friendships and telling people what to do. And I know in marriages, it's hard for the wife sometimes to not do this, do this, do this to the husband. But I feel like if you just explain situations that you've been through, not necessarily telling someone to do something, then maybe they can get a clue through what you're saying. That's what, that's what I was talking about earlier with. That probably didn't make sense just now, but... That's what I was talking about earlier with sharing your story. I feel like listening and being open and honest with your story can add value to your whole life in all of your relationships, friendships, everything. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, I have <laughs> do found... Do you really? No, do you have any idea what I just No, said? I do. I do. Because <laughs> I don't think I know what I'm talking about. I think you do. I think <laughs> I think you're right on. I mean, I, I would say that falls in line with the mission. Mission. The mission. <laughs> Of find the good news because it's about that. I mean, I don't want you could have come in here today and said, 
I'm Megan Abraham, and you know I do fresh fuel. And here's what fresh fuel is: it's a blah 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 to meal prep, and you're gonna love it. Yeah, but I came in here and I didn't even know what to say about fresh fuel. <laughs> and you shared honest stuff. Yeah. You know, and so that was the whole mission of the good news was like, hey, you know, anybody can do that. You yeah. can go on a local TV station and do a 15 minute, you know, stinger. And you can run a 30-second commercial, and you can run some YouTube ads or web ads or any of that stuff. You can do all of that, and people are going to get that. I don't want that for this. I want people to come on here and tell their stories and be honest because there's a heartbeat. I want people to go, hey, I, I know the heart like behind that thing. Yeah. Right? And so that does add value, I think. Because even our relationship, right, next time I see you, now I've, I know you yeah. better. We've had this talk. and. Then it's not just going to get away. Oh, hey, like the other day when I saw you at Starbucks, yeah. we had like a little minor, little tiny, hi, hi. Hey, hi, how are you? Because we didn't really know each other. We hadn't shared any stories. Exactly. Right? But now we shared stories and we were honest. Yeah. And the value is much higher. Right. And I value what you do more. I really Good. do. I mean, just in this hour and 30 minutes, I value you more. Well, I'm so glad I value you more because this, this, you know, you've talked about on past podcasts about social anxiety. Um, You have a podcast now, though. So you have overcome like this is social anxiety isn't just like stepping out into the world. It's also um, talking behind a microphone for the whole world to hear, too. So I hope you realize how much you have overcome by just starting this podcast. Can I tell you something? Yeah. This is in, in the spirit of honesty. Yeah. And I may have kind of mentioned this before on a show. On one hand, yes. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's still an armor because I can, I mean, it's it's protected. I'm in here. And so that's part of what I told you about those road trip episodes. That's part of why I'm doing those because I'm going, okay, this is against, I'm, I'm using myself in the Petri dish. Yeah. I've got to pluck myself out of this office and go put myself out into somebody else's space and go experience their world and their space to where they're not, I'm, I need to experience the nervousness of going into their environment. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I can deal with that. It's still going to be the same format, but it's and then I'm going to be in these videos with them, and so it's it's putting myself out there further. I need to do that. I have to get the gelatin off of the podcast. You know what I mean? And go. Yeah. Okay, I've still got that sort of squishy safe zone with this sort of. Yeah, but you're allowing these people that you don't even know to come into your office. I mean, that's step one of defeating social anxiety, right? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it has, uh, yeah. No. Give yourself some credit, Oren. No, no, you're right. Because look, social anxiety has <laughs> been something I've thing. struggled with for a long time. I've uh, had a really great counselor many years ago. And when I started, dis- I didn't even know what social anxiety was. I was in my 20s. So I, I don't even know if that word was out there, to be honest. It might have been. But uh, I was describing the reactions I had to public spaces. And there were a lot of things. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go to events. Uh, and I would say it like, I don't like events. Right. Or I don't like bars. I don't like concerts. I don't like, it was weird. It was like, and he was like, you don't like those things? And he would dig, you know, how they mm-hmm. do. And I was like, oh, well, no, I like this. And then he's like, okay. He says, so you don't, hmm, so you do like that. So what is it you don't like? And then as he got, he says, you, you don't like, you're, you like people. 
Right. And you like encountering people. You just, when it gets into an environment you're not comfortable, familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, this kicks in. And I was like, yeah, he's right. And boy, it was like, ugh. it sort of kind of mind flipped me for a little while. So he'd give me exercises. It was like, and I learned from that, even though I've had to do it many times. And this is one of those things. Yeah. It's like, you ha- he was like, you have to actively put yourself in these positions you know it's gonna wear off he said but and then and it did to a degree but it's it's still work you're on lots of people's radios so you're not just in here in this office by the way everybody's listening to you so Uh-oh. step one social anxiety that was a good question that that card yeah that you drew yeah i think uh i always want people to listen look at I you i see what you're doing <gasps> sorry okay <laughs> are they written there's some little slips of papers in there too. Those are the ones Should that the fans have submitted. Oh gosh, I'm scared. Oh no, they're good. I guess they're good. I don't know what they all say. Okay, I'm gonna do this one. Oh, these are what would you rather? Wait, no, I don't want a question. I mean, answer. Sorry. Okay. Describe your ideal partner and relationship. Oh, wow. You get to talk about Ross. The ideal (laughs) partner is somebody who sees in you the stuff that you don't see. Mm. Like I talked about earlier, I would have never gotten healthier. or It would have taken me way longer if he didn't see the potential that I had to get healthy or if he wouldn't have pushed me. Um, I mean, the ideal partner is is somebody who doesn't talk negatively about you, mm. whether you're there or not. Yeah. Um, That's a big one. Yeah. He, yeah. No, I mean, I've huge. complained about him to people before. Really? Like my mom and sister, you know. Oh, yeah. They're my girls. Family. Yeah. But he doesn't ever complain about me yeah like he doesn't no he has complaints about me that sounded bad he doesn't speak them to other people because it's nobody else's business Mm -hmm. is you know part of it um sorry ross (laughs) (laughs) i get really close to the microphone whenever i tell him the secret sorry ross (laughs) describe your ideal partner it's just somebody who who wants the best for you who backs you up in everything that you do even if it sounds crazy um who, who, I mean, your ideal partner is Ross, but you can't have him. So he's amazing. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't even know if I could answer, but I can relate to what you said there about Michelle. She, uh, I'm sure she probably has said things about me to her family. I don't think, she, but she and I are very private in that regard. I mean, we usually work through any kind of difficulty together. Yeah. We, we do have a good speaking relationship i mean i'm pretty honest with her and i don't ever no no i maybe maybe i don't know think i've ever told anybody anything about michelle that if it was something that was bothersome to me at this point i i can only think of maybe either i worked through it or we talked about it yeah yeah there's a trust there right i I think relation our relationship's sacred i don't i would never before i would ever throw her under the bus to anybody else i would talk to her first good for you i think it's a girl thing though sometimes we just have to gripe 
you know, that's, oh, what, right. that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, communication is huge. God, if you can't communicate openly with your partner about whatever is on your mind. It's you know. strange. I don't know that I've, I may have, have changed. I don't know if I have. I, I mean, I, I probably changed, but um, I was married before. I'm divorced. Oh. And uh, my first wife and I did not have that. We just didn't have that kind of chemistry. We fought a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like we couldn't communicate. It just seemed like everything ended up in a dispute. And it's even still, I don't. we don't talk at all. We've been apart for a long time. But even when we do, it just seems like it ultimately devolves into some kind of miscommunication. I'm like, this is fascinating that you just, I just observing outside or looking yeah. in. I go, this is the strangest thing. I can't communicate with this person. Yeah. Don't get it. I think there's a lot of miscommunication, but it's because we're not communicating with each mm. other, you know? But... Yeah, and then, like, the last thing I'll say about—honestly, I could go on about this forever because I have such a good marriage. I am so blessed with Ross. But something that we do now that he really does that I didn't like at the beginning was at the end of, like, an argument or a disagreement, he says, okay, so what did we learn from this? Like— so, so what's happening now because we just had that? And I'm like, nothing. I'm still mad. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> he wants to take away. Yeah, like, he's like, the... well, aren't we? He wants to show that we're getting better. Yeah. You know, he wants to show that that we're moving up. Like we just went through this, and now we know how to handle it next time. Right. Kind of he doesn't want to be valueless. Right. Right. Like to just fought for nothing. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Really, guys, isn't that what kind of like most wars are like? It's like uh, there's no what they say. There's no winner in a war. Yeah. You know, and some marriages are in a war with each other, and I'm like, that's so miserable. I know. I've been kind of been there, and I'm like, God, that's. So, and that, that's how I feel about Michelle too. Like, what a blessing and what a balm on my life. Mm-hmm. Because it could have been, uh, it could have been war, 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 in like it was in my previous life, you know. Yeah. Interesting, because now it makes me think of what being married to her was an opportunity. Even divorce was an opportunity to reboot. Right. I remember using. I remember thinking when I got a divorce, how many stories I'd seen where divorce was so nasty, like. It was just worse. The kids were worse off. The both the people were worse off, and then they both had new people, and then they were worse off. I was like, "This is just a bomb that just sort of keeps going off." And I remember when I got into my first little rent house. You know, when I first separated, I was like, "Okay." I didn't have a party. It wasn't like woo. It was more like that first night going. Okay, I, this is an opportunity for me to do something here. I got to go back in time a little bit and figure out what, what, who, what was my trajectory that I had envisioned for myself and where was I going and can I bring some of those things back to the present and reboot a little bit here, you know, make, make a a new existence, a more positive existence. Yeah. And so I don't know if I've accomplished all that, but I mean, to some degree it, it changed my, it was a reboot. Yeah. Start over. Good. I'm glad that you recognize that. Yeah. Because it could have been terrible yeah could have been could have been i'm glad it wasn't third question right it's question three three huh? okay these are so deep i could we could have a whole two hours on just one of these cards are you happy with your current work life balance wow these are all tailor-made to you oh if not what would balance look like for you um okay so 
I don't feel like you're ever really going to achieve work-life balance because there's always going to be something that's more important than the other thing. Um, and it just, it's day by day is different. So, but right now I am, I have a 19 month old. So I started a business whenever I was pregnant, which I don't advise, um, to anyone, but I started a business when I was pregnant and then I was a stay at home mom while owning a business out of my house for about 17 months before I got any help and I was miserable. Really? Not miserable in being a mom, just I I felt like I always had to be doing something and I never just sat down and enjoyed the moment. So um, now I've asked for help because I've now learned that it's okay to ask for help. So I've asked for help and I'm I, I'm able to enjoy the days where I have a babysitter to work so that I can get my work done, do my schoolwork, whatever. And then I'm able to not take my computer out at all whenever I'm home on those two days that he doesn't have a babysitter. I get to be with him all day. So I feel like I'm to this space where my business has slowed, like all the the front end of the business that you have to get up and running and you have to work long hours, that's slowed down because now it's kind of, yeah. you know, you have a on pattern, its own a little you bit. System, yeah. So I feel like that's over and I can enjoy my life a little bit better. But I don't, I don't think that, there's ever a work-life balance. Like for me, my my husband and my kid are going to come before work no matter what. So that's never going to be balanced. You know, I don't know if you've ever watched, I mean, heard the one thing. Have you ever read that book? Mm-mm. It's just like what's that one thing um that you need to do that day. So I don't I don't a lot of people like these boss babes that we were talking about talk yeah. about work-life balance and I used to talk on it too but I've kind of realized that it's never supposed to be balanced. Yeah. Like if it's balanced then you're comfortable and you're not really going anywhere. No, you know, I, I feel like and life doesn't really work like that. Yeah. It, it, well we well, I, I tend to think of balance like what you just described like it's not like all equal parts and everything gets its day in the sun i tend to think of it more like um an ebb and a flow like there are days where the balance means doing a lot of something else and a little bit of another right but then another day that other thing takes precedent and then some days they get equal parts it's almost like just this sort of pulling and flexing back and forth i mean I was even thinking about that, about religion the other day. I was kind of meditating about it, and I was like, you know, religion can be very rigid. Mm -hmm. And I find it much better when it has roots, but it can still sway in the wind like a reed without breaking. You know, it's like, yes, there is something solid here, but it also bends, you know, without losing its substance. And so I think life is kind of like that. Balance is more like that for me. I tend to think of it that way. Not just I've got to get all these parts equaled out and every, you know, kind of time. Okay, I've done my time with the kids and now it's time for this. And I just, it isn't reality. Yeah. And the word balance, the the first thing I think of when I see the word balance is comfortable. Mm. Like, because balance is comfortable, right? Yeah. When you're well, not in balance, you are not comfortable because things aren't. Yes, this is on cue because every have you, if you've listened to enough of these, you're going to hear me talk about the sirens. We're so we're right by the fire department, and um, uh, isn't it finally good news without an ambulance or a fire truck? Um, yeah, but balance and and being comfortable. I don't want to be comfortable because then I get stuck and I'm not moving forward. 
Mm. I, I like I like a bit a little bit of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Or getting in a place where I've got to figure stuff out or challenging myself whenever things are really hard. You know, I feel like work life balance is what you just get in that place and then you you're fine and I don't know. To me well, that and, just and, and seems no, you're comfortable. Right. And I don't like to be in a comfortable space. If you're always if you're not comfortable with being discomfortable yeah. when 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 tragedies and things like that happen and they will yeah i mean and i mean even that i mean calling it a tragedy but something's going to happen that's gonna shake things up and, you know sooner or later to all of us and then what do you do then you've got but this is breaking my comfort this is breaking my balance but if you're okay with that with bending and stuff then you've made space for those things to enter and be as they're going to be and then when it's time for them to leave they leave instead of just being in this tug of war with them you know and going you're stealing my balance yeah you know that's what that i'm afraid of that honestly if i'm being truthful i i fear that being too um balanced yeah quotey fingers balanced i do i fear that because i think it's I think it can be false. I think it can be like this sort of fake thing. I see a lot well, of that out there. Can you really be balanced between everything in your life? Well, I I think even social media plays into that. Yeah. Like I see it, especially Instagram. Like I'm kind of new to Instagram, but I'm really getting off now. We're getting back to social media, but <laughs> I see I saw that when I first got into Instagram, and I I, I kind of joke about this on the podcast a few times the hashtag best life you know I'm a, i see a lot of that kind of stuff out there and i go i don't know if i buy this you know it's you know i'm i eat right and i eat this and then i also do this and i do this and this is how i organize this and this is this and, and i go yeah this is all this from these angles right but like show me the diamond man i want to see all the facets and when you see all the facets you're like eh, that that begins to fall apart there's no way Mm-hmm. There's no way that there isn't some dimension in that diamond yeah, or some one of those facets where something's not right. I know. I, I think that's why everybody's so scared to be honest. It's like honesty is the exception to the rule now. Yeah. Because everybody sees these perfect, perfect lives. And I talk about that a lot, about people being honest on social media. I don't necessarily want people to show pictures of their big stomach like me. You know, honesty looks different on everybody. I just want those people that are sitting behind the computer that feel like they're alone to remember that there's way more to each of those posts. So if there's this perfect picture of me and my husband, you know, cooking together, and I make this big long post about how much I love my husband, which I do, there's also way more things that happen behind the scenes that you have no idea. So. I don't necessarily ask for people to be to show their mess on the internet because not everybody wants to do that and that's totally fine. I just want everybody to remember that there is so much more than these perfect social media posts. Yeah, there's a lot. That's a must be an it's it must be a movement and I don't know what it's called, but I see a lot more people doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see you doing that, and I've had a few guests on here who are in that. I'd say like Diana, yeah, yeah. Bullet, she's in that, and like Rosie. And you're, I'm getting this sentiment that, man, it's almost like 
enough is enough. Mm-hmm. That's what I get, this feeling of like, almost like a rebellion. Not, And that's maybe not the right word. I've always been a rebel. You can use it. But that it does, it feels like it's like, <laughs> hey, enough. I yeah. mean, enough of this, man. I mean, look, we can't put a, a can't put makeup and 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 perfect hair on everything. We can't put a perfect beach body on everything. We can't be perfect moms. We can't. And I feel like there's an expectation of that. Yeah. And I think I'm seeing like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I like it. Yeah. Whatever it is and whatever I'm calling, I'm I'm kind of rambling, but I don't know because I want to put a box around it and identify it, but I can't do it because it's just like hey. Yeah, this is me. I'm out here, and this is my real life, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, this is what it looks like, and that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah? It's okay that you just had a baby, and you don't want to go anywhere because you don't know how to take a baby to the store. Like, that feeling is not weird. It's okay if you don't want to sit on the floor and play with your kid today. Like, that's okay. That doesn't make you weird just because you see all these pictures of all these other moms sitting and playing with their kids. Yeah. It's okay if you don't feel like that today. I just always say, don't ever get stuck there. Yeah. Don't ever get stuck in that, you know, if you're sad, it's okay. Just don't get stuck there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think that it kind of makes me think of the movie Fight Club, the whole spiel, you know, if you've ever seen that movie. <sighs> Dare I say I haven't? Oh, uh, really? Think, well, I mean, I've seen like bits and pieces. Well, but. there's some sentiments in that movie mm-hmm. that's kind of like what we're talking about. And it's like, you know, or, or the book really rather where we've all been weaned on all of this idea that uh, or we've suckled on the idea that. You know, we're all going to be famous. We're all going to have money. We're all going to have nice stuff. We're all going to get what we want. We're all going to get a, get to go to college and have a nice house. That ain't always a story. Right. You know? and But, but that's what everybody's kind of being told. Like, hey, you can have it, too. You can have it, too. You can have it all. You right. should. You should. And and that isn't everybody's tale. That isn't everything. That isn't all there is. Yeah, there's a big, like, boss babe movement, you know, of leave your job and start a business. Well, of course, if that's what you want to do, do it. But you're also okay being a secretary at your job right now. If that's where you feel like you should be at this moment, that's okay. You don't have to, you know, do what everybody else is doing. It's wherever you are right now in your life, that's okay. Just the the question of what's my purpose. People need to stop thinking about that sometimes. What's my purpose? Yeah, maybe it's just, just right here just, just doing what you're doing. To love. Have you ever read Bob Goff's book? No. Oh my gosh! Everybody, is it called to love? It's called everybody always. Everybody always. Oh, so good. Really? Oh yeah. I, I do believe in that though. I mean, I believe that that sometimes I've thought that many times here. Uh, we get a lot of people. I told you before the podcast that just come up to the door. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It seems like every time we do one, somebody <laughs> comes to the door, and they're not here for us. They don't know what they're looking for. They're here looking for somebody else. But a few times, those people have been people who honestly just need to talk. And so I have learned that, that if there's nothing else I can do, I can just be some ears. Absolutely. Just some ears. And allowing that to happen, I've people have felt valued. We talked about that mm-hmm. word. I mean, they feel like somebody, they are, that, they're, that they exist. So many people walk around and feel like they're not seen is what I've gathered. Yep. Or that they're alone. And that, honestly, just to put it out there this way, that God doesn't love them. Yeah. 
that they don't have a value, that they don't have a purpose, they don't matter, they're just existing. And if you can just listen to them and show them that somebody is listening, I think, and a heart cares, yeah. just that alone is the beginning. Yeah, so no advice people. or anything. Just listen. Yeah. yeah. Just I've had that happen with one man who stopped by here a few times. And we've, you know, just randomly. I mean, he might come by three times a year. But when he comes in, a lot of times what he's got to share is not good news. It's painful. But he wants to share it. He wants somebody to hear it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just rattling around in his head. Yeah. You know? And so that's what we do. And I'm like, you know, I may not see him again next time and that's it. But I feel like there's value in that. Absolutely. It's good for me, too, because I learn a lot through listening. You know, yeah, it you makes do. me grateful, you know, to have been loved by people and to have had people to care for me, you know, and to have had helpers mm-hmm. in my life. Because some people don't have helpers. There's yeah. no help arriving. Yeah. A lot of people feel alone. Sure. But they're not. Nobody's alone ever in anything. I know so many moms now that I've had a baby and I'm on social media all the time and you know they say thank you so much I needed to hear this today whenever I said something about being a mom and it's like did you really think that you were alone cuz you're never alone Yeah So never alone Yeah Man this has been a good conversation. This has been what did I even say for the last two hours? I know. Did you think it was gonna Wait, go? Wait, was it two hours? It's is two it two hours. hours. Oh my gosh. Does it feel longer? No. Shorter. I'm like ready to keep talking about more stuff. You can draw another question out of the fishbowl. <laughs> I wanna know what that was that you drew. There's a question. You don't have to read it. That's I'll read it. What's been the hardest loss you've had to take? Oh. The hardest loss I've had to take. So this is the fourth mystery fishbowl question. Do you want to answer that? I mean, I would have to think about that. Artist loss. See, because this is, I find this interesting because Gosh. I was having this conversation with somebody else and they, they were a fan of the show and I were visiting in here one day, a new friend actually, and uh, that's come through the show. And we were sharing that and, and he had listened to the show and he said, you know, I was fascinated by one of your guests. It was Carrie. And yeah. he said, you know, you asked her. You know, why do you do this? And he said, and most people have a story of like, well, you know, X, Y, Z thing happened to me when I was this age or maybe Mm -hmm. some, you know, there's a story of tragedy and loss. And they go, but I I was like, you know, this changed things. And I, it was always motivated to fight for the underdog. I'm making that. That's just some version of that. Most people have that. And he said, but she just said, hey, no, I didn't have anything like that. I just, I don't know. I've had a good life. Yeah. And he said it was such an odd answer, and it was an interesting answer. It was a good answer. And he said it's just not common. So it's interesting, and it's not a bad thing when somebody gets a question like that, and they go, you know, I have to think about that. Yeah. Because you don't have, like, some major thing no. that's just oh haunting gosh. haunting you. No. Oh, my gosh. I've had, I have been so blessed in my life, but... This is, okay, this probably doesn't really answer this, but what's been the hardest loss you've had to take? I haven't had any big, any big loss thing happen to me, but this, the saddest thing for me is when people don't realize that they can change. So like what's been the hardest loss that I've had to take is when people tell me they it's too late. Mm. Now that doesn't really answer the question, but like 
I hear that so much and it makes me so sad that what's, I keep reading this over because I'm trying to answer it in the, what's been the hardest loss you've had to take? I don't know. I don't know. But when people tell me that it's, it's too late or, you know, well, nothing's going to change for me yeah. in anything, in health and mental health, yeah, whatever. No, God, you're, you're, you're actually touching a nerve with me because I have somebody in my life like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's exact sentiment. It really does hurt to know that there is, there are resources and people that can help somebody in the dire straits, whatever it may be, physical, mental, you name it. And they just feel like it's either too late for them or just a refusal to do anything new to go. No, yeah. I'm an old dog. I'm not learning new tricks. Yep. And that's hard because I have this taped on my computer screen in there. I've had it everywhere I've ever worked. And it says change is the law because I believe that there's no permanence. Hmm. It's everything changes everything. I mean, I was telling my son the other day, I said, if I laid down, we were talking about things becoming other things. I said, if I go lay down next to that tree in our yard and just fell down right there and died and y'all didn't bury me in a hundred years, whatever was me, whatever was my body is going to be that tree. Mm-hmm. I said, that's changes the law that that's what's going to happen. And I'm okay with that. That's actually beautiful to me yeah. that, that there's processes in place to make things become other things. That's a wonderful thing to know that I literally come from the earth. That's you sound like Jason Mraz. Freaking fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, is incredible is. Yeah. that I can jump up and down in the air, free from the ground talk think breathe and i just came up out of the ground like all the parts just made out of this other stuff and that there's processes in place for that and for when i'm gone for there's anything to become something else it just blows my mind mm-hmm. i think that's just an incredible wonder of creation and you know to know that that is coded that change is coded into everything and at such a level like that, and then we can, as people, just go, nope, I'm not changing. You are changing. You cannot stop this. I know. You may not think you are, but you're going to change. Yeah. And it may not always feel good when it does, because if you resist it, it's just too... You create... I think you go against the flow of creation. I really do. And when it comes to health, you know, any type of health, people think that there's so much to the change. That's what sounds scary because so people say it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Well, even the word lifestyle, that's worse than a diet to me. A diet sounds short-term lifestyle. I got to change my whole life. That sounds, that sounds intimidating. So people see that they have to change their whole life to get healthy when really one, like just do one thing. This reminds me of a story step. My dad who's passed away, uh, had found out he had diabetes. And I remember this and I've, I've, I tell my wife this story. I said, I'll never forget this. And it does make me sad, but I mean, it's in the past, but it just goes in. This is one of those moments where is this happened? Exactly what we're talking about. He found out he had diabetes. I was 20 years old, 19 or 20. I can't remember. So that was a long time ago, mm-hmm. 25 years ago. But he was driving with me to Colorado. It was like two or three days after he had found out. And they had given him a sheet 
of what his diet needed to be like. Like he was going to have to make a lifestyle change. I mean, like 100% the way he ate and the things he ate, it had to stop. That's what they told him. You can't live like this no more. Oh, how intimidating. It's over. Yeah. And so I remember feeling sorry for him because I was like, I know my dad. I know what he eats. I know how he lives. And this is not going to be easy for him. And he's hard-headed. But he was like, the first couple of days, like, well, I'm, you know, I got to change. I got to do these things. And so I remember I picked that little sheet up and I can remember reading it. It was just, it's funny that we're talking about it because it was a diet plan. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's things that you can eat. These are good, healthy things. It's safe. And so I remember reading it and I was like, I'm going to remember this because I'm going to help him. I had this idea in my head. I'm going to help my dad. And so what I was going to do, I told him while we were driving to Colorado, I said, Dad, I know it's going to be hard, but I'll do it with you. I mean, I know it's not me that needs to be on the diet, but there's nothing on here that I can't do, too. It's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it with you. That way you don't, you're not alone. You don't feel like, oh, I'm the odd man in the house, the one person who can't eat this and can't eat that. Well, I'll do it, too. And he's like, okay, uh, thanks, son. We had like a little heart-to-heart. And I was like, really kind of, it elevated me. Mm-hmm. So we got to the, I don't remember where we were. I think we were in Trinidad, Colorado. We stopped at some uh, restaurant to eat. And so he pulled out his little sheet. And he looked at it, and he looked at the menu. And he took that thing, and he crutched it up. And he said, I'm not eating like this. And he ordered what he wanted. And I didn't cry. He didn't see me cry, Mm -hmm. but I cried on the inside because I knew in that moment that his hard-headedness would ultimately ultimately get him. And it did. That's ultimately really a big part of what got him. You know, his health just declined, declined, declined year after year. You know, Mm -hmm. and you go, he refused to change. Yeah. Just refused to add that new thing into his life. And so the rest of his life was spent with doctors, you know, doctors and ailments. Yeah, it, I I try. I like that you said adding into his life, the new thing that he added, because I don't want you to have to take anything away. You know, just add good things into your life. Add good people into your life. Add good positive podcasts into your life. Good Christian music into your life. Good f- healthy food into your life. Don't think of it as taking things away and changing your life. Just add a little bit of something every day that can get you a little bit better, make you feel a little bit more happy, make you feel a little bit more motivated. And yeah, don't think of it as like a lifestyle change or yes, a change in my life. Just do a little bit. You're right. You're right. You will absorb and change if you add things to your life. Oh, Look, yeah. I think about, I write a lot and I find when I write when I go back and read what I wrote, I go, oh, this is no doubt that the things I've written are born from the things I read. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. I mean, I've fed myself Walt Whitman and Thoreau and Thich Nhat Hanh and Kilo Gibran and all these just go on and on. And I go, look at the way and Thomas Merton and you go, you look at the way they write. And then I look at what's coming out of my own writing and I go, there's all those seeds are in there. This isn't anything new. This is just born from that. And I'm yeah. like, hey, you know what? On one the other day when I was kind of thinking about that, I thought, oh man, so is there any, is there an original thought in here? And then I went, I don't care because what these people produced were good things. And so if I've, if, if that's changed what's in my brain, so be it, I'm okay with it. I'd rather have that there than something else. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Man, you're such a deep thinker. I don't know. About it's crazy. That. It's but good. Surface conversation is happens too often. I don't think we had one today. No, no. I could keep going. This was good, though. Yeah, it was good. You feel like you got out there properly? Yeah. Um, I think for my first podcast. The first one? This is the first one? Yeah. I should do more. I wish there were more in Lake Charles and yeah. Sulphur and Southwest Louisiana. I hope there will be. I would love to do more. It's a... Uh, you could do one. You could. Yeah. You could do that and um, just once a week, a little 20, 30-minute podcast. I know. I've thought about it. You should. I'm serious. I had another guest who thought about doing one, and I was like, you need to do it. I mean, I, I think podcasts are going to rise together. They do in other communities. And there's a lot. Like in Los Angeles, everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a good format. It's accessible, like you said. I mean... People who are on your meal plans are going to be your first listeners anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'll just grow from there. I think it actually would. I, I do. I think people, you have a lot of good things to say. Thanks. So do you. You just take what you're already doing and just apply it to that. I think you'd be. You should. All right. You're going to go meal prep and I'm going to go start a podcast. All right. It's a deal. <laughs> so how do people on that note, I'm going to get out of this thing for you because I know you've got to cross the dreaded bridge. bridge. I'm sorry. Oh, you know. Hopefully that'll get I'll better in a couple podcast. of years. <laughs> I'll listen. I've listened to a lot stuck in traffic. <laughs> I agree. That's one of the benefits. But how do people get in touch with you, follow you? Um, and then where do they go to get your meal plans or sign up for Fresh Fuel? Fuel. So, fresh Fuel. Fresh Fuel. Fresh um, Fuel is what I said. That's yeah, not a good I name. I am a fool sometimes. Fresh Fuel. <laughs> um, yeah, you go to, so on Instagram and Facebook, I am The Fresh Fuel, like T-H-E, The Fresh Fuel, and my website is uh, thefreshfuel.com. Okay. You just go on there, and it's really easy. You just click on programs, and there's a free meal plan on the homepage. You can go download the free meal plan. Give if it a you shot. Try it. Yeah. Um, there's a testimonies page, you know, with people that have gone through oh, it. and that's good. Yeah. So, that's it. It's easy. I, I want to make it easy, because it is. It's it, not easy. Simple. Simple. I want to make yeah. it simple. We've made our lives so difficult and made things, you know, so hard, but it doesn't have to be. Things can just be simple. Just get back to the basics. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm going to do it, and I think hopefully somebody on here will do it, too. I know for a fact, well, maybe not a fact, but I got a big hunch. There's a few listeners out there that are pretty active, and they're kind of like me, I think. Every guest who's come on this show, I've made a goal to take away one thing. And so I'm going, what will that be like to have like every guest, I might write a rule, like some kind of big takeaway hmm. to change, to apply to my life. And, and that's been an interesting exercise, and so I'm going to do this. Good. I am. I'm going to sign up and do it. I told my wife before you even got here, I said, I think I'm going to do this. But I'm going to tell her whenever she's here. But, yeah, I think we're going to try it. Yeah, just cook. Just cook the food and eat healthy. That's it. We're going to do it. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being the first podcast I'm on. I hope we found some good news and shared it. Well, isn't it great that, I mean, for me, I'm blown away. Isn't it great that there's so much good to be shared? I mean, your episode will be like episode... 41 or 42. That's awesome. And I'm like, you know, that's crazy. I mean, I I really kind of, I thought we were going to have to cut back to doing 
one every two weeks. Just that was my original thought. I thought maybe once a month. I was like, man, this might be hard to find people, but it is not at all. I mean, I find somebody new every day or, or I get a recommendation. It's so awesome. I love you just as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.